Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Hey guys, it's Wednesday and you already know what it is, a new episode of Chasing the Frame and today I'm with my good friend, pal, buddy, old friend of mine, Carlos Hernandez. How are you today, Carlos? I'm doing awesome, man. That's, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to be here. That is great to hear. But, great. <laughs> uh, before we start though, I'd like to just say thank you to everyone listening and remember, if you're a Patreon member, we have three different tiers to let you listen to the podcast from three days to a week early. So, you know what that means, guys. If you listen, actually, if you listen to today's podcast, you can actually listen to next week's podcast already today because you're in that top tier. I just made no sense. So basically, I'm saying this again to you guys. If you're in that top tier on Patreon, you can listen to next week's podcast today. How crazy is that? You can listen to next week's podcast today if you're in that top tier. What? So... Let's get to it. Who's ready to chase frames today? So, Carlos, welcome to the podcast called Chasing the Frame. I'm excited to have you here today. I am very excited to be here. And you know what? Before anything, I just want to tell you, that is one of the better intro songs than that I've heard. It actually came with the, the roadcaster. Really? Yeah. Dude. I, I'm just using it. I'm like, because <laughs> I had another one, and then I was like, let me try this one. And I've been liking it since. So... I really enjoy listening to this. Story. I dig it, and it's also a little, what do you call it, holidays-themed? Is it? Because I don't see holidays-themed at all. I hear it a little bit. I hear it a little bit. I just hear it more rockish, because the other one was more like Hawaiian, <laughs> like, you know, um, I think it was not Hawaiian, but more like surfer style, the other one I had, because originally the name was Chasing the Wave, and then I decided to change it just to Chasing the Frame, because I'm like, well, it's it, people might understand Chasing the Frame more. In that regard. And also, yeah. I just want to say thank you, Carlos, for bringing me coffee. The first and only <laughs> uh, guest ever so far in the history of Chasing the Frame podcast to bring me a drink. I usually supply everyone with waters, and I wasn't expecting this at all. <laughs> and it's funny. I just realized, too, you brought me from Jack in the Box, and you have a McCafe. So I was like, wait, this is too different. <laughs> so I'm bitch like. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you what's up. Uh, what do you call it? I was on my way here, and I was like. I'm late. Now I feel bad, but not only that, but I'm 
I was raised where it's like if you go to somebody else's house, you bring them something. You I was bring them a flowers. gift. Hey, I was gonna get flowers, but then they died on the way here because they were like, "These are this is a dude." <laughs> so then they just kind of fizzled out and died. Oh, wonderful! So this is the first question I ask everyone on the podcast who come come to my home, and it's basically, "What made you? What was the first thing that got you into film, TV, uh, you know, acting? First movie, first TV show, whatever it was, actor? Who made you want to become? Like, what was the earliest childhood memory of that?" Okay. Um, I think more than anything, performance, performance more than anything is the, is the big, I want to say isolator or what do you call it thing? And that was, uh, the WWE. Really? Back when the WWE was called WWF. Okay. I understood that. What do you call it? That these guys were getting hurt for realsies, but, uh, it was all choreographed. And they had a performance. And I grew up during the Attitude Era. Okay, yeah. Where it's, you got Stone Cold Steve Austin. You got the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. You got, what do you call it, um, Ric Flair. Mr. <laughs> Wu himself. <laughs> the nature boy. <laughs> and all these. So I saw that as performance and acting first. Mm. So I think in the truest, uh, to pinpoint where it actually all started from, mm-hmm. was probably there. Wow. But I was a fat boy. I was mm-hmm. a big, big boy. I was like 250 in eighth grade. Oh, wow. That's how big I was. But when I was even younger, fifth, sixth grade, I was probably like a buck 50. And uh, what do you call it? And I figured, oh, I got the strength and everything to go ahead and be be a performer and be a wrestler and everything. But I just figured after a while, I don't. I have a low threshold for pain. I'm a little bit of a girl. You know, it's all fake, right? <laughs> I do, but you know what? I also grew up when uh, the Hardy Boys were around. Oh, okay. You want the Swanton so, Bomb off those ladders? Swanton Bomb. I was like, I want a 300-pound little kid to go be jumping off that 50-foot ladder. Oh, Jesus. Breaking some stuff. Bubba Ray Dudley style? Yeah. Uh, yeah, when the Doodley Boys were around, yeah. So, yeah, but that was the first the first thing I recognized as performance and as art. <laughs> no, it, I mean, it is. I mean, getting into a wrestling tangent for a second... Wrestling is really performance-based art. Yeah. It's fake athletic competition. Absolutely. And especially when you got persona- personalities like the Iron Sheik, the, what do you call it, the, the Semper. Brother Hogan. Brother. Brother Hogan. Brother. <laughs> or you know what? Hey, brother. <laughs> the one that, what do you call it, uh, captured my imagination from the get-go was Mankind because he was three people. Okay. Cactus Jack, Brother Love, or whatever. Not brother Love. Uh, dude brother, Love. Dude Love. Brother Love was um, uh, Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> <laughs> he was three people, and they all had sort of different personalities, especially Mankind. Yeah. So I was like, this is acting. Okay, so that's around 98, 99. That's the Attitude Era up to like 2004. So you're in what grade? Like, So are you acting with friends or like you know performing with friends, like fake wrestling with friends at that time or anything like that? No, nature? dude, I was an angry-ass little kid. Okay. And uh, the only sort of anything I got yeah. was training with my family and with my dad, okay. being the Hernandez family at my Taekwondo gym. Oh, okay. And that's all we did. That's all we did. We got our asses kicked, and then once practice was done at the school, mm-hmm. we went home, practiced for four more hours. Oh, wow. So we had, like, the, what do you call it, like, the gymnast life. Yeah. But without, but with just being martial artists. And we didn't even do that to compete. It's because my dad was from the streets. Okay. And he was, he 
Got here at like 13, left El Salvador for because of a civil mm. war. Got stuck in Mexico for a year. And all he knew how to do was fight. <laughs> so they ended up basically growing up calling him Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, wow. Because he was like, he's not recognized in the community, but he basically started parkour <laughs> because he did not want to join... 18th Street or MS-13 because we're Salvadorian. Mm-hmm. So instead of fighting them, he would jump over he would jump over buildings or jump over fences and stuff like that in order for him to escape yeah. and not to instigate more violence. Interesting. Because he knew he would win every single time. What about the MS-14s? I've heard about that. <laughs> I, I should know that Charles told me a, a whole story about the MS-13s and how that's more of a South California thing, and the MS-14s are more of a North California thing. Mm. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, he told me, he, we were driving home from um, California, actually, funny enough, because we, <laughs> um, we were filming something in California about a year ago, maybe a little longer, and basically, he, he gave me the whole rundown of gangland in California, which I was like, what? And it blew my, blew my mind. Blew my mind. Okay, so... When do you start getting that itch to then act, perform, be on set, stuff like that? Mm. And are you from, first off, I forgot to ask you this too, are you from Las Vegas your whole life? Basically, I've been here since I was six, 2001. Okay. I was in, uh, what do you call it, East LA, we jumped to Culver City, we went ahead and jumped to Glendale, that's where my sister was born, and then Mm -hmm. we got here because my dad was like, I want both of my, uh, both factions of his kids, because he had three with one woman, with one woman, and three with another. And then he was like, I want to raise all my kids. Okay. <laughs> so he just brought us here uh, 2001. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So then when did you get that bug to start acting, uh, being on set, stuff like that? Being on set? Um, I want to say I've always was interested, mm-hmm. but really um, theater in high school. Okay. Theater in high school was my isolation zone. I remember, sorry. It's okay. I remember um, walking into the theater, and for some reason, I had it. I had this in my head: is that these are the freaks, these are the geeks, these are the misfits. I I abide by all three. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just start seeing Island of Misfit Toys when you uh, went walked in that room? Absolutely. But the funniest thing, and performance, and uh, you know what? Honestly, I went to my first theater class mm-hmm. freshman year. Or maybe sophomore year, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go over there, and I'm gonna get rid of my stage fright. Oh, cool! I didn't even care about the performance part. I was just like, I cannot allow myself to be on stage, and uh, let ten or a hundred thousand people freak me out if mm-hmm. I'm standing on stage. I won't allow it. Yeah. So I just did that. Got rid of my uh, performance anxiety or my. Uh, what was stage that like? Fright. Tell Tell me about that. Tell me about being on that stage. Being were you scared? Were you scared for a moment, or were you like, "Nope, I'm not scared anymore"? Like when you walked on that stage, knowing yeah. that happened, or knowing that you wanted to do that, get rid of your stage fright. Like what? What, what was going through your mind actually? I spocked it up, homie. It was just like you uh, what it up? Spock, spocked it up. Like Star, Star Trek? Trek. Okay. So I went ahead and I see emotions like faders on a soundboard. So I went ahead and I took the fear fader and I pulled it down. As much as I could, but the thing is, in my head, those faders got springs on the bottom. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, how, so how long can you hold those faders down until they spring back up and all the fear hits you again? Okay. So I went ahead, pulled those faders all the way down, and my, what do you call it? 
my stamina mm-hmm. for pulling those down was not long. Yeah. It was like maybe 60 seconds to a minute. So I went to that stage. Yeah. I had a monologue that Mr. Shimpak made me, uh, what do you call it? Uh, read? Read. What was the monologue? I don't remember. Oh, come it, on. It was probably something from like The Matrix or... Did you yeah. pick the monologue? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was like, pick one. So I think I picked from my favorite movie or my mm. favorite whatever. Or I probably just picked a random one that sounded pretty cool, sounded badass. Yeah. So I grabbed it, just started reading it the first time. I didn't look at anybody. I was like, I'm here. I'm going to command the stage, but I'm going to be a little bitch about it and just look at the page the whole time and recite it. And I wasn't loud enough. Yeah. So Shimpak would scream at me and be and say, hey, we can't hear you. <laughs> it's what's wrong with you? We can't hear you yeah. at all. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And <laughs> and what's and he purposefully would sit in the theater mm. 10 rows back. So if he didn't hear you, he would let you know. And he's the loudest dude in the room. Yeah. So he would tell me that, and I would get so mad that I would perform correctly. Oh, good. I, I would convert my rage mm-hmm. into into vocal value or vocal volume. And uh, and then he's like, all right, Carlos, a little too loud, a little less angry. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you're, you're doing a monologue for, for 500 dates or something? Yeah. He's like, it's not that type of thing. And little by little, over the course of the semester, the year... I got rid of the stage fright, and I was very confident. I was like, hey, I can be on here, say whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Now, me being able to act is a different story. Yeah. (laughs) I was just like, I want to just be in front of a, be in front of a microphone and be able to say what I need to say, and then be able to bounce back, because I also had stand-up comedy in my brain as well. Okay. So, I love stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. But uh, the repeated, the the repetitive action. Repetition? The repetition that needs to go into that and the repeated failure that has to come along with it. At that time, I did not have the self-esteem for anything or even yeah. like up until two years ago. I did not have the self-esteem for all of that. Yeah. So I wasn't about that life. So you didn't do any of the plays or musicals. Did you help Did you help out in like crew? Yeah. This, okay. is, this is how it developed. I went ahead and uh, was like, if, I, if I'm too, if I don't know how to act, I don't want to put myself out there to act. Yeah. I'm going to go on the stage or I'm not going to go on the stage. I'm going to help. I'm going to at least make the people that are on the stage look as best as possible. Make sure all their cues, their sound cues or everything are mm-hmm. on deck. So I basically went up to the booth area where there's the sound mixers and the light yeah, boards. Yeah, yeah. Learned little by little. And then was running that joint in like a year and a half. Did you do, you did the sound and the lighting then? So you, I was going to say, I was going to ask that. So were you stagehand? Were you, were you stage manager? Were you oh, like, lighting yeah. guy? I, I did, did everything. I did everything. I, I started off as the wings, mm-hmm. bringing the curtain, bringing the curtain out. Yeah. Uh, they saw that I was a big boy because I was yeah. like 500 pounds in high school. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. A uh, <laughs> little big. Yeah. And uh, what do you call it? Created, um, I would go ahead and lift up the wood, bring up the big metal platforms, do all that stuff as a stage. Yeah. Uh, and I did a semester, two semesters. You're Mr. Stronghand. Mr. Stronghand. He's like, and I also have a painting machine. So yeah. I was like, shh, shh, um, I was like, I'm more of a, although I have the muscle, this is going to sound very narcissistic. Um, I have the muscle, but I always fancied myself a beast from like the X-Men. Okay. Where that's I, not narcissistic. That's just who you see yourself as. I don't think that's a narcissistic. I mean, <laughs> it's a narcissistic thing if I'm thinking it's narcissistic, but you're, it, nothing's narcissistic. Narcissistic. I'm saying that word a lot. In this <laughs> narcissistic? Set. Yeah. It's not, I mean, 
in the context of where we are and what we're doing right now, I don't think I don't see anything as narcissistic in general because it's mm-hmm. about your story, and we're seeing who you are as a person and who you believe in yourself as. So you saw yourself as a beast. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I just wanted to explain that to you. No, so I, I just want that. you to welcome to understand or well I want you to understand what we are and it's the, it's the free space a free thinking honest people a safety bubble within the internet yeah um, so I fancied myself a, a beast from the X-Men okay uh, Hank McCoy right he's uh, what do you call it super strong has yeah. all the all the agility all the strength all the everything but he's also very very smart and he was he was also the actual the, the actually the dude that gets the the chemicals and mixes everything, yeah. makes the technology, as far as I understand it, makes the technology and all this stuff and fixes the Quinjet here and there. So I always thought myself as a person that if I can be mentally stimulated and fix stuff or add to the group as much as possible, mm-hmm. that's where I would like to put, put my efforts towards as opposed to just being a random muscle head. Mm-hmm. So I went up to the booth. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just nodding my head and you're fine. Go on. Uh, so I went up to the booth. I saw that's where everybody had the power uh, in terms of the people that were stagehands mm-hmm. and uh, the tall tech crew. But also that was where I excelled, I think, where uh, where it's like I can go ahead and dabble in light design and sound design mm-hmm. and make sure it was like the most valuable thing. So I wouldn't re- be replaced. Yeah. But also something people don't care about. Yeah. Almost Ever, unless they're the one performing, which is that's where the space that I like to navigate. Yeah, the most underrated, but the most crucial part. That's true. Very true. That's the, why I went into sound and film. Well, I mean, it makes sense because, like, I was gonna, I was gonna say one, you didn't want to be the juggernaut. You want to be, we said, you want to be beast, best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, and two is yeah, lighting and sound, and especially theater is like the probably the most crucial thing. That's even if even if you're, I mean, then if your sound screws up. I mean, then you have to worry about, like, the actor actually using the diaphragm to, you know, project correctly. Yeah. And don't, I mean, obviously they don't do that job, but at the same time, the sounds, the sound, especially lighting, because <laughs> there's the cues to, like, you know, make the room red, make this hat, you know. Yeah. All set that shit's important. Because yeah. you, you have to set the tone, like you just said. it. You're basically a set designer in that regard, too. Yeah. Uh, but not really setting the set, you're just setting the lighting of the set. I don't know, maybe not. You're just you're just a lighting dude who just fucking gets shit done. Hey, I just press the yellow button. You do the red and green buttons. What was your favorite uh, musical or play that you guys did in the the high school years of your life? Mm, the only I'll be honest, I don't remember most of it, mm-hmm. just because it was high school and yeah. high school was not the best for me. Yeah, it was. I don't think it's the best for anybody. Oh, I mean, to each their own depends on on your. I, I mean, it's a big growing experience. High school, I think. Yeah, I think. I mean, I I mean, I get what you're saying, but I think it's the it, it it's gonna be the best or worst, and it's gonna be an interesting time for someone who's in high school. It's just you're finding yourself, and you find yeah. yourself you you start finding yourself in high school, but then you find yourself more in college. But I'm kind of digressing a little bit, right? Just like that little age frame, yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot what I was talking about. You were saying, I was asking you about, like, what was your favorite play or musical that you oh. did and you can't remember because high school was a bad time for you. Yeah, both, most of them uh, I don't remember, mm-hmm. but the one I do remember the best out of all of them was one called Nottingham, Nottingham, which was based off of a high school, and it's a musical, I believe, and it's more like... Uh, Is that like Robin Hood? Yeah, it's like Robin Hood mixed with Happy Days. Interesting. Yeah, so it's, like, based in the 50s and a whole bunch of stuff and just... 
high school dynamics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I perfect, you know, we're doing it in yeah. a, at a high school using high school kids, and it's based in a high school. This then the other, and they're talking about regular kid stuff as opposed to one kid. Pretending to be a 50-year-old man. <laughs> huh, interesting. So Sunday, just, Monday, Nottingham. Tuesday, Wednesday, Nottingham. Sorry. Yeah. Or, uh, or actually, the, since you started singing, you reminded me of another play called Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, which yeah. a dude that looked like Bruno Mars was the lead of. Oh, really? Yeah, it was amazing. Was it Bruno Mars? No. <laughs> <laughs> Bruno Mars doesn't wear glasses. <laughs> Maybe he does today. So, like so then after high school, what happened next for you? Um, how real can we get? You can get as real as you want to. Okay, so after high school, I was agoraphobic. 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 What? That means I don't leave my house. Okay. I don't leave my house. And me, as big as I was, yeah, I was incredibly self-confident. So I would go in, in the ways. Mm-hmm. So I would walk around my house, um, I, meaning I don't have body shame issues. Yeah. I would walk around my house in my underwear. I would go and throw out the trash in my underwear, but this is a kid wearing a 5X underwear. Yeah. <laughs> so I would just do whatever I needed to do, uh, basically not leave the vicinity of my house. And that's where that self-confidence came because you were stuck in the house, I'm guessing. I Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But I, I was just, uh, I, I calculated the rate of my growth, mm-hmm. right? And I figured by the time I'm 23, I would be dead. Mm. I'm okay with that. Wow. At the time, I was okay with that. I, you know, talked with the, did my own thing where uh, I just accepted my own death. And uh, I was just figured, worst case scenario, I'll, I'll, my life would be extended to like the dude in Mexico that was a thousand pounds. Holy shit. Um, but what do you call it? Uh, I also felt very guilty at that time. Yeah. Because uh, if my parents ever found me, uh, what do you call it? A big boy like that. I never wanted the weight. Were you living with your parents at the time? Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Latinos most do. Yeah. <laughs> most Latinos do. <laughs> and Filipinos. <laughs> I think most of Americans now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's a question for you though. Cause like now I'm, I'm like really shocked that you were agoraphobic, right? That's the correct term, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was, but cause you were just telling me you, you went into high school and you, and you got on stage and got over, you know, stage fright. Yeah. And I know it wasn't the best time for you, but, you know, having some self-confidence, I feel like that's just a crazy, like... A crazy leap or something? Yeah, like yeah. A, a crazy leap. You you had the confidence and you... Might, and I might have all been there, but mm. you had some confidence, I'm guessing, yeah. after that, you know, happened to you. And then all of a sudden, you just snap into a agoraphobic and you're like, I don't want to leave the house. No, well, the thing is that high school did a great job of pounding the self-confidence out of me. Oh, yes. And then, uh, so that was freshman year. Yeah. But then, uh, what do you call it? I left high school. Uh, didn't have a girlfriend, all this yeah. stuff, regular high school stuff. And uh, I think, um, what do you call it? I was doing online classes for high, for college and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, even, what do you call it? So I, I, I ended up, uh, funny story, my brother has the exact same name as me. Carlos Hernandez, <laughs> like the George Foreman. Yeah, the, the, the five or six Georges that there are. And he called his daughter Georgina or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my dad called uh, my oldest brother. He's the first son mm-hmm. of that clan and the first son of this part of the clan or whatnot. So are you Carlos Hernandez the third? Basically, that's what I consider myself as. I consider my brother Junior, and then yeah. I consider myself the third. <laughs> well, do you have different uh, middle names? We do. 
then you might not be part of that whole deal. Deal. Yeah, it's mm. it's a really weird. I I see it as a um, different when you have different middle names. Then you're not really like the the add on. I feel that, like that, that the makes, whole thing. You're probably incredibly right. That makes I mean, more sense. I could be wrong too. It could be. It just it depends. Also, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, what do you call it? The the thing is, I leave high school. Yeah. Don't want to get out of my. Yeah. Just I just love the darkness. I'm in my own purgatory, and yeah. I dig it. And I'm ready to go this then the other. But my dad, since I was 17, uh, was looking for a way to get me uh, surgery, gastric sleeve surgery. Mm-hmm. They were looking at lap band or whatnot. Yeah. But I just told the doctor I never want to see your face again. I oh. just want to do this and yeah. bounce. I never want to see your face again. Yeah. Because if I see your face again, I got a problem again. Yeah. And uh, but my brother. Uh, he works for TSA. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a supervisor, whatnot. Got me into his his insurance as a as a kid. Yeah. Or I mean, hypothetically, in the world where that did happen, my brother, <laughs> <laughs> my brother would have so happened to have put me on his insurance somehow, somehow in some way, as his son, because we have the same name, and I was born ten years younger than him. Okay. <laughs> So he does that, hypothetically, and he gets, uh, I get that $26,000, surgery yeah. for a K. Wow. And they were, I remember this pertinent, this very significant moment that I always remember, that uh, they're about to, I have the, the cap, the gown, everything, mm-hmm. they're about to push me into the, into the operating room. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Dr. Umbach, uh, what do you call it? Shout out. Umbaku? Uh, Umbaku. <laughs> a white dude named Umbak. Ibombe. Wakanda forever. They're about to push me, and then my dad um, wants to see me. My dad threatens the doctor. He's like, you have my son's life in your hands. Holy shit. He better come out okay. <laughs> and without without missing a beat, the doctor puts his head down. And he's just like, don't worry, he'll be, he'll be, I'm really good at my job. <laughs> and then my dad goes to talk to me, and he's like, all right, this is the final moment. Do you want to, you still have a chance to back out of this if you want. At the last moment, he's like, the last the fuck out. <laughs> no, the doctor asked me as well. Oh, okay. And I was going to say, yes, I don't want to do it. Yeah. But my dad, he was like, before you give me your answer, use the Latin guilt on me. Hardcore Latin guilt. Hardcore? What is that? Yo, that's when they put the whole world of the weight of the world on your shoulders. Oh. <laughs> and he basically goes ahead and tells me, Mijo, I know you don't want to do this, but please don't make me go through the, don't, don't make it a reality for me to have to bury my own son before I die. Well, he pulled the John Q on you. <laughs> and you, and in my head, I had a, my stamina for the faders, back yeah. to the faders, were all the way down. I didn't feel shit. Yeah. He told me that. No emotional tug, no nothing. But I was intellectually able to chew on that thought. Yeah. And I figured, without his emotion mm-hmm. uh, playing too big of a part, I figured, if I get this surgery, and I'm successful at it, how many pounds can I lose? Yeah, and not only that, but they're always talking. My family, a uh, family member of my brother's back in the day, she mm-hmm. had the same surgery, lost all the weight, got all the weight. Yeah, got all the way back. I was like, "You basically a bitch." Yeah, and uh, I figured, how funny would it be 
if I lost all this weight and I kept it off, and then every time I saw that member, I was like, why am I still without the weight and you haven't yeah. tried? So, obviously, just by that little bit of a mindset right there, mm-hmm. you can already tell I'm not in the best type of place if no. I'm so malicious and angry like that. So, I tell him, you know what? I like this experiment. This is going to be an experiment for okay. me. Push me in. Get me through the surgery. Get out of the surgery. Everything's good. Start losing weight like an animal. Nice. Like, I want to say, like, this first six months to a year, I lost 100 pounds. Oh, wow. Good for you. So, that was, like, May 27, 2014, 15. Okay. I was about to ask you what the time frame was, actually. Yeah. So, I, uh, after I, like, I'm able to actually move mm-hmm. a good amount, like, I can actually run. Yeah, yeah. And do all that stuff. Enroll, in, in, enroll into college. Nice. Where'd you go? Uh, CSN. Oh, yeah, nice. CSN. I was like, I'm not going to go into debt. Yeah. <laughs> like, a bunch of these fools for uh, education. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can go on YouTube and, and know Everything I need to know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm certainly not going to do YouTube University. Yeah, YouTube University. I ain't trying to go to, go. Th- I'm going to go through MIT's online courses yeah. for free. <laughs> and now there's Teachable and all that shit too. So you, you, we all missed that boat of like, well, I'm going to school and we had to go for like cheap, and you know, Teachable. Yeah. It's <laughs> like Kajabi or anything like that. <laughs> right, right. There's no guaranteed job if you yeah. get a bachelor's degree these days. Yeah, but also that's why people want to go back into, that's why people need um, like, you know, heating and air conditioning people, painters, all that shit, like trades. That's what yeah. we need again. Yeah, absolutely. Vocational. And use, use that that side hustle most people thought it was as to your main hustle. Make that work and then you can make your own hours. So while you're not working over there, yeah. you make your own permanent thing. Dude, you probably make a good $100,000 as a plumber, if anything. Especially if you're in the union. Especially if you're in the union, yeah. And if you have a good, if let's say you're a good businessman and you have a business as a plumber, you probably make a really nice amount of money. Maybe more, obviously, I, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not guaranteeing $100,000. This show's not about plumbing, but like, <laughs> but seriously, if you if you had a, hypothetically, if right. you're a plumber yeah. and you make good money from that, you can really continue a good hustle in pursuing film. So if you were a filmmaker and you're having struggles, you can freelance as well. Absolutely. And yeah. run a business because you make your own hours. Yeah. You can make some good money. Figure out, you can figure out this path. But Dude, I'll give you some real examples. Like my dad, he started, yeah. he's starting his own business and um, as a handyman. Handyman yeah. services, all this mm-hmm. stuff, right? And I go to work with him on the weekends. Yeah. Don't pay me anything, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm fi- I figure I'm making a foundation yeah. for my dad so he won't have to worry while I'm creating my own business mm-hmm. and get that... Uh, disposable income yeah whereas like a hundred thousand dollars is gonna be pocket change yeah and uh i go and i do tile with mm-hmm. him go install some tile that's a good job it's not too bad yeah and especially if you got the proper knee pads and the equipments you're solid well he shout got, out the home depot for those proper knee pads and equipment. yo 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 <laughs> <laughs> like shout out to jose that left his knee pads now my dad got him <laughs> <laughs> Actually, his name was Jonathan. <laughs> Host, uh, Jonathan, if you're listening, your knee pads are on aisle nine. They are going back to Carlos. Don't pick them up. <laughs> It'll be a bad experience. <laughs> the old man's still spry. <laughs> uh, and he got, well, figure this. He It's a $4,000 job. Yeah. Like, it's 1,100 square feet. Yeah. It's a four four dollars $4,500 job. My dad is just starting out, so mm-hmm. he's like, you know what? I'll go ahead and give this dude a good rate. 
and uh, develop a great relationship yeah. with this guy. Because that's really what it's about. You have to like do a few jobs first, a little, especially when you're starting out. Like you're not doing right. like, expensive ass job. Give me a million dollars for the title. Like no, like, that's a, that's one shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what he does is that what do you call it? He was like, you know what? I'll give this this guy a good deal. Yeah, twenty five hundred dollars mm-hmm. for the whole job, which uh, it, and he's paying for materials and everything. Mm-hmm. Good. Good rate, and not only that, but that can keep our house uh, open for business for another month. Yeah. This dude, my dad does such a good deal that this dude gives him five contracts on the same condo. That's awesome. We do the drywall. We do the painting. We do this uh, the texturing. Mm-hmm. We do the tile. Whole kit caboodle. The whole caboodle. Baseboards. The things that you don't pay attention to. Yeah. My dad probably got like 6000 out of that dude. Oh, wow. Just, and this dude is incredibly grateful because my dad does a great job. But this is the thing. My dad goes into work, let's say eight hours, mm-hmm. because he's an old-timey yeah. type of dude, has his tin can for a coffee cup, and that's how he does things. But if we were in film, yeah, yo, tell me when you're free. I'll work the other five, four days yeah. over there doing that contract job, and I still get to do, and let's say, work on this podcast or work on a film set. Yeah, exactly. Either way, we're solid. Yeah. So it's like, that's where it's at. And by the way, like, you having a job, they're giving it to you. Yeah. For the moment, you're leasing out that job for the moment. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee that you're going to have it later. Oh, yeah, definitely. Sorry for tangentizing, like, no, so hard. <laughs> no, we, we, it's, it's a, it, it is a ritual in this podcast that there's a tangent at least once a podcast. And I'm, like, downing so much water, it's fine. It's, fi- it's fine. You know what? You're thirsty. You're, you're, that damn coffee made me thirsty. Hey, man, you gave me two bottles. I'm going to use them. Hey, man. I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful for the hydration. <laughs> so, wait. Well, let me think where we were to go back to the non-tangent tangent of this. Um, so CSN film. CSN film, yes. So, I go into CSN. First off, film's not even on my mind. Yeah. What so were you I, trying to go for originally? Just general studies. Okay. And this is 2015? Right. Okay. My brother's an autodidact. So that means he can he can basically be like Arnold Schwarzenegger from Twins. Go read the book. Great and know reference, everything. by the way. I love that <laughs> love movie. Yeah, it's a good I movie. love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> he just does that whole thing, knows everything in it. Yeah. If that's true or not. I don't know. I don't care. But that's how I I view my brother. Oh. Incredibly smart. Yeah. Academically intelligent. Has the Millennium Scholarship. Yeah. Is in Seattle, Washington right now. Getting a full ride scholarship. Everything. Good for him. Just to learn. Yeah. Only Latino on campus, I think. Wow. So it's like just with a bunch of Nordic people that are very religious. In uh, where again? In Tacoma. Tacoma. It's right next to Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not Nordic people. I don't think I'm in Tacoma. Yeah. Some no, it's a Scandinavian school. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's, a, it's a full-blown Scandinavian school. So you, so you see like frost giants everywhere you go. <laughs> <laughs> and like cobblestone that's big as this table. Oh, my God. So it's like little, we're, oh, we're the little folk. Like, we're, the, we're the hobbits in town. The, the Angel, uh, Angelinic, uh, Angelica music or whatever that fucking uh, shit. Yeah. That, yeah, like all of a sudden you're just walking like, oh, like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you hear them walk around. Yeah. Or then you're like, like, what? <laughs> like, where the hell Thor just come yeah. from? <laughs> um, uh, I went to school just to prove that I wasn't stupid. Yeah. Well, but, you're not because you're beast. Yeah. But that I'm technically uh, proficient. Yeah. Just because my dad made me that way. He saw my strengths and mm-hmm. accelerated the growth process with that. Yeah. My brother's academically proficient 
to the nth degree. But not technical. A little technical. Okay. A little technical. Yeah. Um, but I go over there. I want to prove that academically, I can hang. Nobody, nobody can throw me under the table, whatever the saying is. Throw I you under the bus. Throw me under. <laughs> nobody can drink me under the table type stuff. That's the, that, that's the correct. Right. Academically. Yeah. And uh, so I go. I go up to the, what do you call it? Uh, organic chemistry. I go up to, to calculus. Yeah. Trigonometry, all that stuff, and I'm at the, I'm in those classes. I know exactly what I'm doing, and I think to myself, I've achieved what I wanted achieved. Academically, I'm not stupid. Yeah, I'm street smart. I'm technically smart. I got, I'm like at a two out of ten. And orgo is fucking hard too. I never took orgo, but I remember having roommates who took orgo and like microbio or whatever. A and P. Yeah, all that shit. Yeah, they were like they were up till God knows when doing papers and stuff. They had one year they wrote a seventeen page paper single space for like microbio, and I was like or orgo. I don't remember exactly, but I was like, my God. So I give you a lot of credit for going through orgo chemistry. I took all that shit. I had a focus. I I was. I was and I struggled. Right, organic chemistry is that? Or, or yeah, organic chemistry. Yeah, I took all that stuff and uh, originally one of the original plans was for me to be a doctor, um, but I didn't want to do all that paperwork. Went through yeah. the schooling, the general studies type stuff, and I asked myself, what did I really want to do? Mm-hmm. I really wanted to do wrestling, oh, yeah. but I didn't want to destroy my body doing it because I saw my dad destroy his whole body doing uh, tile. Mm-hmm. And doing drywall yeah. and doing all this stuff. And now my dad has no cartilage between his knees. Oh, geez. So he's he can get around and he gets cortisol shots between his knees. And that gives him like new new life to the suspension on his car. Yeah. Uh, but I did not want that to happen to me. And he always told me as growing up, he's like, you're better than me. I went through all the shit so you don't have to. Mm-hmm. So build upon the foundation that I have laid down for you. Yeah. And his foundation wasn't that good. So I'm patching it up right now yeah. and still been patching for a good while, but I'm building upon that foundation. And at that time I figured I want to do film. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn. Mm-hmm. And I learned that all those people over there were pretty much nincompoops. How so? Why so? Uh, and yeah. So I'm in the classes and a lot of this stuff that they're teaching me over the course of semester, mm-hmm. I can learn in three YouTube videos. Wow. So that not the students, but the teachers, they're just extending what can I can learn in two to three weeks for semesters on end. Yeah. Just so they can have a job and I can and the school can get their bucks. Yeah. I don't I don't know uh, what do you call it? Um, I don't knock them for that. I understand the hustle. I appreciate it. But they're stopping my growth. Yeah. And if you stop my growth, we got beef. Yeah. So well, I you just, just learn as you. Well, you could have learned more while you're. Were you learning at least when you were learn not learning? Yeah, I was. I was doing oh. everything, and I figured. Not, and I, yeah. I, I was like first two semesters or first semester. Mm-hmm. I went to that realization, but then I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe I'm just tripping. I'm. I'm. My uh, my thought process, my mindset, my efforts are are mal in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So let me put more. Let me do more. So I started uh, going to the, what do you call it? Getting as many on many sets as possible, yeah. uh, volunteering wherever I could, just doing my own short, yeah. all this stuff. Getting getting like eighteen hour days in, yeah. just trying to learn and everything. And I noticed that me being on set and me just talk, shooting the shit with other um, 
people. people just networking that are on sets and are actively working like a Marcus Pena or a Gray Goobler type mm. dudes. I learned so much more. Yeah. They're giving me wisdom. They're giving me their experience graciously and I love them for it. Even though I'm pretty sure if you ask them, they don't know my name yeah. because I was only in their life for a short amount of time, but they were gracious enough to teach me on the job. Yeah, And uh, all those people... So I figured experience beats all. Yeah. And you know what? To bring it back to your favorite movie of Twins, you don't want to be all theory, no practice. Not me. Yep. <laughs> it's, I mean, you, you, you said it. I think you hit the nail on the head, especially with like college and film production in general. Like you really need to get that onset experience. And yeah. you don't really get that in college from my experience. And I'm yeah. guessing, and you're from your experience yeah. as well. Like mine was more of, like, I'm doing video art in a sense, and I didn't really get on-set experience until after I left college. Right. And I wasn't really on sets. We were just doing, like, going to do promo shoots and stuff like that at my um, internship I was doing. But still, I was learning that way. Mm-hmm. But also, we did commercials and, like, little higher-end projects in that yeah. sense. And I learned more that way as well. So, yeah, it was all about the after-school special of doing set stuff. Yeah. So highly recommend. And even, uh, what do you call it? The sc- so certain schools, yeah. from what I understand, limit your abilities to start your hustle. Yeah. So they're like, uh, let's say you don't have, your your a college student, mm-hmm. you're eating ramen, like you like dinner for you is oriental and lunch for you is chicken. Yeah. In terms of flavoring. Yeah. And um, I remember my dad was like, hey, you're into film now. Start going to local businesses. Start offering yeah. your services to do commercials for them. They can do on YouTube or whatnot. Start asking around. They're like, no, you cannot get a, you cannot do outside jobs. Yeah. That's an issue because a lot of things happen on sets, blah, blah, blah. And I was just uh, arrogant and angry yeah. and all these bad uh, what, let's say not so positive emotions and um, mindsets. Mm-hmm. So I figured all these people are just, tripping. they're just yeah. trying to screw me and yeah. uh, this, that, and the other and basically playing the victim and all that. And I, I'm very self-aware. Um, so I understand my flaws. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't, uh, what do you call it? Uh, realize your mistakes? No, not at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes I don't realize my mistakes. Um, what do you what do you call it? But sometimes I know, I can acknowledge it mm. and ignore it. Oh, so in in one year out the other, basically. No, because the knowledge is still there. The, but but the, you're ignoring. You're listening to it, but you're ignoring what they're saying. So it's going in one year out the other. No, no, I'm I'm. Nobody ever tells me anything. Here's oh. here's the problem. Okay, sorry. Nobody ever tells me anything. I don't know if it's because I looked scary or people just don't want to start a conflict mm-hmm. or what, this, that, and the other. But I'll notice that, oh, a part of my personality is that this is the issue. Mm-hmm. So I'll go ahead and I'll just grab this and put this to the side and uh, focus on the water bottle. Yeah. Focus on this. It's like, I'm going to tackle this. I'm going to forget about this for now. Usually bites me in the ass. Um, but did the film thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, left school. I was like a semester out from graduating yeah. or getting my associate. You were or, so close. I was so close. I didn't care. Oh, wow. I was like, that's going to be three months of that. I could be hustling mm-hmm. and making stuff happen and actually really learning, like from 12-hour, 18-hour yeah. shoots. So did you, um, when you went to film school, did you want to be an actor, director, producer, writer? What, what did you want to be when you were in film school? What, did you, what was your focus that you were like, I want to do this? I want to be, I wanted to be able to do uh, I wanted to be able to. I wanted to be able to do every job on the set, mm-hmm. 
but ultimately I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. But I didn't uh, have the self-confidence yeah. to actually go on, put myself in front of camera mm-hmm. or to not sweat in front of camera or have that voice quiver that most people mm-hmm. have or have the scent, the stench of desperation walking into a room, even though I didn't need that job. Yeah. I somehow convinced myself that I needed it. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, I just wanted to, what do you call it, know how the sausage was made. So I don't have to be worried about, or I don't have to be scared of the machine that is the film industry or the film process. So uh, just wanted to learn everything as possible. Just be behind the scenes. Yeah. And so the more I got onto sets, I realized, you know what? I'm going to look at, I'm going to analyze this whole thing like Tony Stark did with his dad's, uh, yeah. his dad's uh, amusement park. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to do a full body scan of this whole system. And, see, and throw away all the crap. Like, he threw away all the trees and all that yeah. stuff. It's like, what I don't need, what is not useful. PAs are, are useful, but they're... Uh, uh, not what you want to do. No, they're expendable. Yeah. Uh, so, you can get rid of them just like that and another dude will take their place in like a second. Mm. So, I thought, what... I just started analyzing. Notice that film, uh, the camera dude, mm-hmm. the sound dude, and the, the, the guy giving the directions... Mm-hmm. Were the only crucial parts, and at the time, there is no money man, so there isn't a, there's no pro, uh, fourth person that no brings producer, it. yeah, right. There's no producer. Um, what do you call it? So it's just the director, uh, that little area, the camera people, mm-hmm. and the sound people. So I thought to myself, a Quentin Tarantino movie is amazing, mm-hmm. but if the Hateful Eight, not at the time, this is just a current reference, yeah. but if the Hateful Eight did not have the perfect audio it had. And it was just yeah. the whole movie, it would still be a piece of garbage. Yeah. So, uh, tackled sound, started looking who were the great sound people of the community, mm-hmm. found, the, found two, three dudes, spent a few, ti- a few times on set with them, learned what I needed to learn, got my own equipment, uh, piece by piece by piece, because mm-hmm. I'm broke. Yeah. And... Uh, Went ahead and just uh, started doing jobs. Mm-hmm. What was and your first job that you did with your mentor and then your first job you did without your mentor? Mm-hmm. Or I guess the, the person that you, I guess you would call him a mentor, the person that you... Yeah, like you. they were definitely uh, mentorish figures, but they never knew it. Yeah. They, Silent uh, mentors. Yeah, yeah. Like dudes, like I actually gleamed knowledge and, mm-hmm. and uh, they loved they loved me as much as, uh, what do you call it? They loved and fed my cup as much as they could, Miyagi-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, was uh, John Gray Goobler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was Jay. Jay yeah. Gray Goobler. Um, Marcus Pena, mm-hmm. which he's amazing because he's like a six foot seven uh, a white dude, ginger dude, but his but he's Mexican as hell. He's like one of those Mormons that they went to Mexico to go have, yeah. go, you know, convert or have some funsies or mm-hmm. whatnot. And then he was a part of the tribe that left oh. <laughs> and came back to the States <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I might be getting it very wrong. I apologize, Marcus, if that's the case. And I want to say just like the, the, the random audio dudes or film people that, yeah. that, that were around and like grips and all yeah. these things, they just gave me so much information and so much love and mm-hmm. just fed my cup and make made sure that, um, I was doing a good job so the production could be phenomenal. Gotcha. And, uh, but those two dudes, uh, most of the time they didn't notice, I don't think, 
but they just taught me so much. And I would ask them questions and piss them off and help as much as I could. Mm -hmm. And they would answer my questions. They would have as much grace as they could and tell me the reasoning behind certain things. And they were just phenomenal. And uh, what do you call it? Just learned a lot. One of like the first four or five jobs I had, I was working with you. With, oh, okay. That was with one Zabco. Of the first, yeah. Like one of the first four or five, whatnot, on my own, getting paid. I think we got paid, right? For Zapco? No, we didn't get paid? I don't remember getting paid. Oh, okay. I always felt like I got paid some way, somehow. I got paid in experience. <laughs> exposure. <laughs> Which is the most ex- important one. Yep. Exposure bucks. And that one chicken wing we had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of when I, our paths crossed and what do you call it? I'm grateful because you've just been, uh, uh, I've just been tagging along this whole time mm-hmm. and then just slowly, you know, just kind of, what do you call it? Phasing in and out and mm-hmm. just doing my thing and more, more now these days I'm trying to be a connector Yeah, and just, I find a dude that he wants to do a certain thing. I'll connect him to someone else that it's like, oh, they need help or this, then the other, and just do the best I can with any sort of trade, anything, yeah. as much I, as I can, mm-hmm. just just to give back in hopes that I will be a good person one day. Yeah, <laughs> sort of paying it forward and being hey, that conduit. conduit. Yeah, paying it forward, trying to be a connector uh, as much as possible with the goal of being, uh, being a good person, mm-hmm. meaning... Being happy yeah. to connect other people and not being so um, angry. No, yeah, angry, but being bothered mm. when I give someone else an opportunity or a lead for them to get opportunity because I just I got way too much anger in me. <laughs> <laughs> I got way too much rage. <laughs> so, what were the jobs before we met? What were they like? If that was the fourth or fifth job that you did, so what was that experience like? What what? Yeah, well, I'm trying to figure that out. So, what was what was that? What was the first job by yourself like? Yeah, to leading you to the fourth job or fifth job, whatever one it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourth and a half, yeah, and a half job that you had. Well, the only most of those I just forgot because yeah. I'm really good at suppressing memories and putting them in a well, box. Bring them back out real quick. Well, there's one dude. There's the word like I was doing Keisha. You know Keisha? No, I don't know Keisha. Okay, her name is Keisha Sparks, I believe. Okay. Um. Cool chick. Yeah. Do you know a girl named Saba? No? Okay. No. So uh, I was working with this uh, this woman named Keisha. CSN, working on her sets mm-hmm. and whatnot. And she has this gig called something, but it's at the Champagne Bar. Oh, uh, yeah, in uh, Maryland. Yeah. That was on Bar Rescue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think... We were there for a gig one time. We were there for the Zapco's thing, too. For Zapco. Okay, yeah, but... I, that is a common film spot. It is. For a, a few people. And for this woman, Keisha, she was, uh, I was on Facebook scouring, I want some gigs, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm a sound mixer. Yeah. I'm a boom up. I do everything. I'm the best at whatever. And uh, she, her sound person, uh, what do you call it, dipped out on the last second, mm-hmm. had another gig, maybe it was paid, whatnot, needed a dude. And I'm used to working on uh H4Ns. Yeah. And just Zoom products. Yeah. She said she has the sound devices. Oh. And she, and what do you call it? Do I know it? I say, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Jack. <laughs> Same shit almost. Right. In, in reality, like, I bet you that you were shing bricks. You're like, oh my God, Ava. <sighs> Dude, I had long hair at the time. Yeah. 
So I lost, I balled like half, half that shoot. Jesus. <laughs> so the, I'm, I'm, I get on set. Yeah. I realize she does not have a zoom for me. Yeah. She but has the, sound devices. I thought she, she told you that already, though. So you already kind of like went into the gig knowing you had sound devices. Yeah, you know, yeah. So you just forgot. You yeah, just yeah. suppressed that memory, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I self-sabotaged. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I, what do you call it? I, I pulled up the manual, right? Yeah. Before the gig mm-hmm. on the wrong sound devices box. Oh, shit. I thought it was going to be like a four or five, uh, what do you call it, person, like... Uh, inputter? Inputter, yeah, yeah. Like a four or five inputter. And no, it's like a measly two or three. Oh, so it's, is it the sound devices that shape like a road uh, H4N or something like that? What? Isn't there a sound device that's shaped like a H4N? Yeah. Yeah, was it that one? No, no, it was actually, it looks like the Zoom F4. Oh, it's a small one? Yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's. I think it's called the sound device is 321 or 312 or something like that. Yeah, whatever the technical name is, we don't care. Right, right, right. So I grabbed the sound devices, yeah. which is a recording audio box, whatnot, and uh, I don't know anything about it. Oh, shit. And I delayed production like two hours. Oh, my gosh. I'm not even playing. I was like, I'm just figuring it out. I'm trying to set it up. Yeah. And uh, what do you call it? She doesn't know anything about sound, so she's like, oh, they have their own process. Yeah. I, use, I throw a bunch of technical mumbo-jumbo at her. Yeah, yeah. Just so she can give me time. And I'm sweating so hard that my whole ponytail, which goes down to my rear end, is wet. I'm sweating so hard. I never met you with a full long ponytail down to your... So you cut your hair right before I met you then? Probably. Yeah. Probably. I don't remember that at all. Because I remember you had the short ponytail. I had a long ponytail, homie. Like, I grew it since middle school. Yeah. And I had it down to my bum. And I'm on set. And I start looking. I can't turn on the machine, man. I can't, I can't press, <laughs> I press the power button. Yeah. It's not happening. Nothing's oh, happening. Shit. There's a sequence to turn it on. <laughs> who, who makes sequences for things to turn on? Like, that's like the worst idea ever, I feel like. No I, offense. <laughs> thankfully, the manual was, yeah. was open source online or whatnot. I found the link, opened up the PDF. I start reading that thing. I'm like, how do I record? Yeah. How do I set things up? How do I turn it on? Yeah. <laughs> How to turn it on. First thing, you're, you're not even looking for like how to set it, like how to turn it on, you're looking for how to set it up, and you're like, wait, I need to learn how to turn it on. <laughs> right. And what's funny is that on the in the manual, there's like four things to turn on. Uh, what do you call it? Like, oh, it's power on how this. Old is this power product? on that. It's, it's, uh, I think people use it. I think okay. it's still a standard or whatever oh, okay. from like schools. Yeah. But it's like, I kept, what do you call it? I'm a little dyslexic. Yeah. So then like power on for this, I was doing, I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything right. Mm-hmm. So I get the sound devices. I finally find out how to power on, power it on probably like an hour into me delaying production. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I got to plug everything in. Mm-hmm. Everything's easy peasy. She's missing equipment. What equipment was she missing? Uh, like uh, an aux, like a, what do you oh. call it, XLR cord. Oh, shit, that's really And like important. she got me an XLR cable, but it wasn't long enough. And she couldn't find the boom pole. And... Well, that's all not the, your delay at least, so... No, it was... She found everything in five minutes. Oh, okay. But my delay was putting it together. Yeah. It was just like, I had experience, but my brain just stopped working. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you call it? I finally figured it out. And... <laughs> We go through the whole two, three days yeah. of her, um, what do you call it, of her uh, her filming. 
And I was just filling in like two yeah. to three days out of like a six week production. Or oh wow, that's a long or, production. Yeah, it was. It, I might be exaggerating. It might have been like two weeks or something. Was it but, a short film? Yeah. Was this the one? Where, no, it was a series. Oh, it was okay. Was this was the one series. where like they had the guy and the girl meet and they'd start dancing or something like that? Yeah, Shane yeah. Santos. Yeah, and, I thought uh, so. And some other girl. Yeah. Uh, I only remember Shane Santos because I was like, "Oh, we got a Latino on set." Yeah, he's a tall white dude. Yeah, <laughs> so I was, I was like, "Oh, okay." Never and I was mind. like, "Oh, and he's not charismatic." And I'm like, "Oh, dang!" I'm like, "Oh man, I, I, I wish I was hoping I was gonna learn from a Latino." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he's like, "Sorry, how, however that comes off." Yeah. But I was just like, "All right, man, I got a Latino mentor. I'm gonna find my own type yeah. of, you know, a, a Peña, but." A Peña that looks like me. Yeah. You know, type uh, yes. of stuff. Right. And he's like, oh, and he's an actor, so I can learn from him, yeah. this, that, and the other. So I'm just like, and um, get on set. Mm-hmm. All this stuff happens. Record it. And then I find out, like, I want to say the end of the semester, that she just scrapped all my audio. Because it was either, she never told me why. I'm pretty sure it's because it was terrible. Yeah. But uh, on the odd chance that it wasn't. She was like, yeah, we just didn't end up using those two, three days. Yeah, because I never saw a clip from that movie. Yeah, from I, that I saw, series, I, yeah. Yeah, I, never, I, saw the, I saw the screenshots. Yeah, that's all. I the screenshots, but I, I don't remember seeing anything of that nature. I think with a few of her projects, she just probably changed her mind. Yeah. And she was just like, you know what? It's, it's and, fine. And I think, we'll talk about this later, but I'll mention it now. But that's a big problem I feel like I see with this community in general. Mm. So, we'll just leave it at that for yeah. now. Yeah, for now, yeah. Um, definitely. And then, and then next projects go swimmingly better? Oh, yeah. No, I loved it. I yeah. loved that I went through so much resistance, or yeah. at least it felt like I went through so much resistance, because it, it uh, what do you call it? Strengthens you. It strengthened me. It accelerated my mm-hmm. growth. So it's like, now the muscles have torn, they have grown over, and they have grown stronger. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I got, on, I got onto the next couple of sets... Yeah, I was getting like jabs to the jaw. Yeah, but not as many as I was. And and the, the nice thing about that too, even though it sucks that you know you had a two hour delay, but you learned so much just from those two hours. Yeah, and you also now all those nervous bugs are gone. Like yeah, it's like honestly, I probably if I don't know the person and I get the set, I get nervous for like the first hour or two to be honest. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, I don't know these people yet. I'm like, I need to learn. But then after a while, you kind of have that repertoire yeah. with them. So, yeah, like, that's great. I mean, in a good way, yeah. it's very helpful that you that happened to you. Dude, it? I was shaking so hard. Yeah. I was like... Because you were a pro. Like, honestly, when I met you and you were doing your thing in the audio, you were, like, so good. that I was like, oh, this guy's been doing it for a while. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was so glad you think that. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I saw it. Like, I, no, he, he knew his shit. Like, maybe I mentioned one or two things to him, but yeah. other than that... Just to help them out, but other than that, like just to suggest yeah. like, parts of it, but I don't think I ever like. I think most of our quarrels were like frame. Yeah. <laughs> like get out of my frame. Yeah, that was only the only quarrels we had. I also cooked this guy mac and cheese one morning. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it, you know, we we bonded and we have a very good connection. I think it's been a very pleasant time knowing Carlos. It's like we both known each other for a long time, and like lately we haven't been in our lives, yeah. each other's lives that much. But it's because we're both busy. <laughs> yeah, we're both busy. But also, I mean, like honestly, I'll, I'll if I reach out to you every six months or something like that, at least we have a oh. conversation. It's nice to you know hear back from you, dude. Right. It's like so. those are just perfect because yeah, it's like uh, now I can catch up on all the significant giant significant yeah. parts of your life, and uh, and 
not only that, it's like it's a it's practice to be mm. to go ahead and it's like all right, if I want to be a good human being mm. and I want to and I want to sh- put out more light than darkness yeah. out there. Then I need to be able to reach out to my my friends, yeah. or at least my very good acquaintances, and uh, develop that relationship even more. Yeah, it's like, oh, you told me you were working at this streaming yeah, service yeah. thing. It's like, oh, now you're back at the at the channel something. Yeah, uh, doing that thingy majiggy, which yeah. I think is is amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, being that being like a, what do you call on site journalist? Or? Yeah, uh, just a photojournalist. You call it. Photo journal. It's channel thirteen, everyone. If you're in Los Angeles, <laughs> so you're so you're basically uh, Jimmy from uh, from Superman. <laughs> or or no no no. Jimmy Olsen was a photographer and let take. He took pictures. I, I do video. I so, take pictures. So the videographer version it, of Jimmy Olsen. It's technically a photojournalist. They call it still. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know. So I just I call think, myself a cameraman. So I think that's amazing. Yeah. And I love learning all these new things or mm-hmm. other things happening with your life. But uh, I, what I love so much is that you're one of the very few relationships that I can call and we can start shooting the shit yeah. right off the bat. Right off the bat. Which I didn't even think that was possible. I thought when people talked about that, mm. that was fiction. Love at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> Let's complain together. Yeah. And <laughs> Let's just vent together. How's it feel? It feels great to vent with you. <laughs> it's like driving to the next set and you're like, I got to stop at a fucking jack in a box just, yeah. to, just so I can eat. Isn't he supposed to feed us? That actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, actually, let me ask you that because that was your fourth set, fourth, fifth set. So you're in there now. How was that set life, at, or not set? Well, whatever you want to talk about. How, what was that experience like? That working on that set when we worked together, mostly positive because I had somebody to share it with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, me, you, and Jamarco. Yeah. Uh, well, we were like the three uh, fucking amigos basically at that time. Because oh no, I thought you just said you and Jamarco, and no, I was like, oh yeah, no, I guess no, no, Jamarco is. I, I said me, you, Jamarco. Just the three of us. Yeah, it's really just the three of us. Which, it felt like it. Yeah, and he had a closer, uh, closer relationship with the director. Yeah, and then you had the the I had the third closest. Yeah, relationship, and I like to keep it that way. Yeah, I like to work on the job, party hard, but work even harder. Yeah, and we worked pretty hard on that set. Yeah, and we just did our thing. Uh, what do you call it? Um, what's her name? Brenna. Brenna. Mm-hmm. Brenna, the light that was of that set. She was uh, always positive, but she was in the, like a mini skirt or something in the in the what I felt was like the the coldest of cold. Oh my god! Walking down that. the street or something. Yeah, something like that. Something like that, and I was like, "Yo, that's a G right there." Mm-hmm. Like, if I ever saw anybody, all she needs is like those aviators and those crisp dickies, and she's a G <laughs> because she's <laughs> because she's walking down the street, getting filmed over and over and over again, doing asinine. Mm-hmm. Uh, actions in order to fulfill the project that she's probably not getting paid for. Yeah. And I was like, yo, this is cool. And what do you call it? There was a lot of, um, I felt like uh, a good amount of resistance on Mm -hmm. every person's part. Um, But I I really liked it because I grew a lot. Yeah, I felt like I grew a lot too on that set as well. It's like, I think we even had a discussion where I was like, yo, John, you're complaining too much, homie. <laughs> like, like yeah. I was like, I'm not going to tell you you're being a bitch, but you need to stop complaining so much. And, uh, and what do you call it? And, uh, what I loved is that I was like, oh, I complain a lot too. Yeah. And I, I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad I'm noticing this yeah. because that's like back to this torneo again. Yeah. And I was like, 
And if anybody's being the bitch here, it's me. Yeah. Well, we're all being bitches in a sense then. No yeah. offense. But, but, but I, I, I loved it because I was like, we're growing, we're moving, mm-hmm. we're grooving. And not only that, but I have an amigo now. Yeah. I, I got a homie that I can call and I'm sure I'll, and I'm a hundred percent. I didn't feel confident that gigs were going to come to me at that yeah, time because yeah. I was still green. Mm-hmm. I was like, nobody's going to call me. But if anybody calls you, yeah. you might be inclined because of our good experience mm-hmm. on the, on Oh that. yeah, definitely. It's like to call me, which you absolutely did. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is awesome. And you got me on Takai mm-hmm. and all her stuff. Yeah, and, yep. And did that for a while. I did, 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 did you work on Lamont's thing with me to the poet for a bit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You did yeah. that. So like that was that was that six, seven, and eight or five, six, uh, six, seven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, and then, it was like yeah, a gig here and there. Like it's all a blur to yeah. me. But it's like it was all phenomenal to me. Mm-hmm. It's like every experience, as a as a shitty as a person I am, I'm just like yo, I just I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that I'm on this site. So that's up to like 2000, what, 16, 17 then. Mm-hmm. So what have you been doing? Like movie? Have you been working on other projects as well? Have you been? Uh, or are you just too busy with other other endeavors? Uh, I've been mostly busy being busy with other endeavors. Mm-hmm. But one thing I did for a while, I was like, I don't want to be on a set right now as yeah. a technical thing. I'm going to go learn my craft. And I went to acting classes for like a year and a half. Oh, nice. How, 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 how that uh, turned out? It was great. It was great. I had a good breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, not too not too far in because I indicated a lot. Yeah. It's like, don't you see that? As yeah. opposed to like being like, you know, don't you see that? Yeah. Type of stuff. And uh, I was just learning and failing a tremendous amount, yeah. which was perfect mm-hmm. because it's like, yeah, you need to fail so much in order for you to, to move forward. But the, the thing that most people forget, or at least I forgot myself, is there's an option whether you can fail so much that you're failing forward or you're failing backwards. Yeah. As long as you're doing a quarter of a step forward, yeah. you're chilling. So I would just learn, grow, all that stuff. There was a little bit of an issue with the acting class, so I left. And uh, what do you call it? Kept tabs with Veronica. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's gonna be on the podcast. She's gonna be on the podcast. Uh, yeah, in a couple of weeks. Veronica's the best. Are I you love her. are you doing the acting? Did you do the acting class with her? The one with Hassani? Then no, no, no. Oh, okay, I just recently found out about it like a week mm-hmm. ago because I saw her pictures and I was yeah. like, "That's cool." I went on the the acting for directors, whatever it's yeah. called. And I saw a friend of mine from high school. She was an actor. Oh, cool. Uh, on one of the stills for something they filmed. Was it, um, look at, uh, Takeout Girl, Revent, uh, something. I think like that's that. the newest one that they have. I, I don't know if it's, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Her name is Jessie, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna call her Jessie B. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure, uh, her last name is Latin as, as hell, like Bermudez or something like that. Okay. Um, love her. She was awesome. She was always nice to me in yeah. high school. Always made me feel included. And, uh, and what do you call it? She's been out of the acting game for a little bit. Thank you so much. She's been out of the acting game for a little bit. Um, but she's back in it. Yeah. And I'm psyched. Awesome. And I'm like, yo, get it. Yeah. Get it hard. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's peeking. okay. I was making sure. I'm like, let me just make sure he doesn't peek. <laughs> it's like he's distorting. Uh, <laughs> no, you sound pretty good. You sound wonderful. Thank you. So no, do you. No, no. Uh, I'm just so happy. It's like so happy when I see that where mm-hmm. it's like somebody left the game. Now they're back in it. Yeah. And I figure for most of the time, it's like when you leave the game, you come back a better actor because you lived life experience. Yeah. I, I agree with you 100% on that. And I also would like to add too, which I always like to add on the podcast when we talk about stuff, is that 
as an actor, even as a director, right? Anyone in general on the set of a film, yeah, working with the same people, it's monotonous, and you don't really grow as an actor yeah. in general or you, a director. It can, yeah, it can. yeah, but like working with new people, mm-hmm. you can learn so much and gain so much more knowledge, right? So I, I think, uh, what do you call it? I think working with the same people, mm-hmm. it can be beneficial, but yeah. the actors have to be growing. Yeah, but you sometimes can't grow because even as a director, you can't grow unless you try other actors as well. Right. I never, I never worked with you as an actor, but right. I worked with you as a sound person. Yeah. I mean, if I worked with you as an actor, I'd work with you, and then because I, I never worked with you, so right. I know what I know. Like, okay, this is my, this is what I can do with him. This is what I can do with yeah. you know, that per, type, type of person. And then I'm not gonna, I might not use you for the next project, but yeah. I'll use maybe two or three projects down the road. Yeah, and we want to try something new and learn. Hey, what's this type of person like? So, but what's so fun about that too is that when you have people that you know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, how can I make John's life so much better right yeah. now? I'm gonna be prepared as shit right now. Yeah. If uh, what do you call it? If the actor doesn't know the other actor doesn't know their line, mm-hmm. they don't even have to ask for a line because I'll be like, ah, got you. Yeah, got you. There's yeah. your line, homie. Let's get this going. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about. No, we were talking about that chick and how she's back in the game. That's why we were talking about that. So, yeah, that's why I went off that little off tangent, but just it kind of equals to each other. We should just call it, uh, what do you call it, when we're on, when you're on, you get a tangent board. Like, you you know what what would be hilarious is that when you're on the path that you want to be on, like talking wise, call it Broadway, but then when they get off of Broadway, Broadway, and then like, we're all about theater. (laughs) We're off, off Broadway right now, homie. We're on the west side of Broadway. (laughs) I know we're chasing the frame, but yeah. (laughs) But yeah, shit. I might have to use that. I might have to use that from the next podcast on. Dude, do it. Do it. I'm going to take it. I'm taking it right now. We're going to be off Broadway. (laughs) We're going to be on Broadway. Any any way I can help. Yeah. You just well, add it to the repertoire of just, things that I want to do. Just I'm gonna, I should do it on the on the board here, like off Broadway, <laughs> on Broadway. So I want to add um, a hashtag frame chaser. Oh yeah, one two. But I'm just like I don't know. I, I I'm so I've done like not about ten of these plus now. Right. Right. So I haven't done it yet, and I'm like, how do I want to do it? Because I'm trying to think of how I want the audio to sound. Yeah. So I haven't done it yet. So it'll probably be like the twentieth episode by the time like we fit like I get down to like my like last uh interview for like the rest of the year right so that it's like just put it for season two yeah well there's no seasons it's gonna be ongoing I'm not doing seasons I don't believe in breaking that off and stuff like that no you don't have to no but, but it'd be it, what do you it'll call be it? like the 30th episode and we'll finally have frame chaser and off Broadway and on Broadway you'll just you you'll just be like hey guys chasing the frame we got some new buttons woo 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well, my um DJ uh DJ Funk or Grandmaster Funk yeah the, <laughs> Grandmaster Flash, Flash. Like, yeah <laughs> like yeah what the fuck uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> we're back on Broadway though let's get back on Broadway let's get back on Broadway we're um, right now so basically uh we were just talking about the actress that you saw, right? And then, you're getting, yes. so you're getting back into acting and, you know, took those classes for a year and a half, you said? Yeah. So, I have a question because Jamie was on the podcast and he was talking about, like, how, you know, he he got scammed a little bit about acting classes in mm-hmm. general. Did Now, did you do your research and all that stuff? Like, yes. Because, like, it's, I'm guessing it's tough because everyone can say they're an acting coach. Yeah. Not, not trying to be an asshole to people. I'm just trying to say this in a general sense. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, everyone can say they're an acting coach or a directing coach, yada, 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 yeah. all that stuff. Because but at the same time, you can get scammed out of that anyway. So True. how did you find the person you did your classes with? Was it different people or was it the same person for a year and a half? I'm sorry. Same person for okay. a year and a half. Uh, what do you call it? So if you're in Vegas, mm-hmm. Koval and 
Flamingo. Okay. That's where he's stationed at. What's his name? Adam Hill. Adam Hill. Adam Shout Hill out to Adam Hill. Craft Studio. Okay. He's phenomenal. Had a little bit of a, what do you call it, drama in the past year. Mm-hmm. But his teaching skills are without a doubt the best. Okay. Because he's a New York uh, teacher, studied under Uta Hagen, uh, Stella Adler, which okay. those are like the gurus, uh, learned from Bobby, um, I forgot this dude's name, uh, Bobby something. Mm-hmm. But he's like one of the four or five top gurus. So this dude knows a, knows a lot. He's very old. Yeah. But he knows a lot and knows how to talk to the to an actor. Oh, that's good. That's always a plus. Because, uh, what do you call it? I wanted to find somebody that wouldn't scream at me. Yeah. Because I'm not good with authority. That's why I was going to join, uh, what do you call it, when I lost the weight? Mm-hmm. I was going to join the Navy. Oh, boy. You wouldn't have a good time with that. See, I can't have people screaming at my face. Yeah, that's true. I got, I got enough time with my, with my pops being like, uh, what do you call it? Screamed Dude, at me? <laughs> no, not, he never screamed at me. Or if he did... You know, it wasn't that fun. Yeah. But what do you call it? Me and authority are not that great. Yeah. That's why I'm really big on being a business owner and mm-hmm. doing my own gigs. Yeah. Being my own boss some way, somehow. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Back on Broadway. Bro- <laughs> back on Broadway. <laughs> Where, where's Broadway? <laughs> you were talking about um, Adam Hill, right? Okay. Name. Adam Hill. And how he didn't yell. And he was just, he knew how to, he knew how to speak to actors. Yeah, dude. He, he was... My experience there was very positive, mm-hmm. and he always was gracious with me mm-hmm. and uh, allowed me sometimes to take classes with, uh, like, the Saturday classes, which were improv classes. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, dramatic improv. It could be comedic, but a lot of people weren't funny. Yeah. Um, I should take that class. <laughs> dude, it's a great class. It's a great class. Um, what do you call it? I wish he had more students fluctuating mm-hmm. in, but he he's not really he likes word of mouth. Yeah, he's not really on that media game. Doesn't really do that. Yeah. Like he has a website, but he just doesn't want to delve into mm-hmm. it because he doesn't want a bunch of people that don't know what they're doing. Yeah, he wants people that are gonna be like, okay, I'm going that back. Are serious. Yeah, that are serious. His rates are amazing too. Um, perfect dude. Like yeah. he just taught me so much. Well, and, what acting craft? Sorry to cut you off. What what are you Meisner? Adler. So, yeah. His, Minutia, I don't know the other. <laughs> Udo Hagen. Udo, Udo Hagen, he, he learned for just about all the big four gurus, big mm-hmm. five gurus. So, his is a mixture of all of it. And he's okay. a New York acting teacher, yeah. too. So, and that's very Adler and Meisner heavy, I think, in New York, right? Yes, yes. But his primary, he went to the, to the, the teaching school academy of Adler, mm-hmm. learned from her from a, for a good amount of time. Got onto a, a, what do you call it, a traveling repertory company, mm-hmm. theater company, and got to learn, you know, um, what's her name? The Aunt May from uh, from the first uh, Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, the old lady. I don't yes. know her name. Yeah. Yes. I forget her name, but she was his one of his first mar- mentors. Oh, wow. Like awesome. his active experience, like being acting and learning at the same time. Yeah. He would just go to like just hang out with her all the time. She never wanted him around for the most part, but she was always gracious and mm-hmm. he would hang out, ask her questions. And what do you call it? Uh, one of the one of the things that he talks about the most when he references her mm-hmm. and talks about her and still so much love in his heart for her was uh, one day he went to her dressing room after they, they just curtain went down. Yeah. Lights turned off. People went away. All this. She was done talking, uh, going out and talking to the crowd and whatnot. Mm-hmm. She's in her dressing room, taking off her makeup, 
he's right there just hanging out with her because it's not just her dressing room. Yeah, she it's has everyone's. Couple, yeah. yeah, she has a couple other people. I think they separated it. Yeah. And uh, he just goes up to her and asks her, what's, uh, what's, what's acting? And she, and she just, uh, what do you call it, it, stops wiping the makeup off her face, just looks into the mirror for a couple seconds, and uh, she says, acting is uh, playing dress up in your grandmother's uh, attic. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. That's a good, I like that, uh, that meta- metaphor, simile, whatever. That, that imagery yeah, sim- that simile. comes along with it. Yeah. yeah. It's... Acting is playing dress up in your grandmother's attic. Yeah. And uh, what do you call it? And the imagery that he had and everything he said made so much sense to me. And I was like, this is my coach. This is my dude right now. And uh, went over there, loved the improv classes more than anything. Yeah. Learned a crap ton, but then life hit me. Mm -hmm. So I had to go and work like two, three jobs. Yeah. To get the the family financially stable and all this and that, all that. So I've been out of the game for a little bit in mm-hmm. just about every aspect. Yeah. And uh, what do you call it? And that's why I've been radio silent and mm-hmm. all that. And uh, are you slowly getting back into it? Slowly. Yeah. Slowly, well, yeah as like, long as you're slowly getting back into it, even if it's a small, small chug. I, I'm in, I'm in a turtle pace right now. Yeah. Like this is this is the first thing I've done in a while, mm-hmm. and uh, this delights me more than anything mm-hmm. because I'm here with you. Yeah. And uh, what do you call it? I think more than anything, I will do my best to make sure you look good and you will do the same, well, I believe. I, I I mean, I think everyone has a great story. And like just listening to your story is just, you know, inspiring. You know what I mean? No, I mean, seriously, everyone's yeah. story has been inspiring so far. It's been mm-hmm. interesting. It's been like unique because everyone has like this interesting, different story to tell. Everyone has a different thing. And I have yeah. it. And usually like, sometimes there are people in this world that their stories kind of, you know, um, mirror someone else's story, but not always in that similar yeah. way. It's just like little details are a little different. Right. And I really hope it, this is a little tangent off Broadway. Yeah. But like, I really hope with the podcast, when people listen to your story or, mm-hmm. you know, Dan's story, you know, George Elias' story, anyone's story who's been on the podcast so far, yeah. they can find correlation with your, someone's story. Yeah. And, you know, kind of, you know, oh my God, that person almost went through the same shit me I did. And like, you know, it's really inspiring to know what they've been doing, even though they're not still in the, in you know, at snail's pace or turtle's pace about yeah. doing it, they're still going to go after their dreams and chase those frames. Yeah. Plug for the show. Right. On Broadway. Chasing the frame. What's good? <laughs> <laughs> Holla at your boy. Get on Patreon. Come on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, what's funny is that I hear that and I'm listening. Yeah. And But to receive it is very difficult. Yeah. Because uh, what do you call it? I had this very, I have this, I have and are and am slowly transitioning mm-hmm. out of the mindset that if you listen to me or listen to my story or think uh, this, that, and the other, that something of my life or mm-hmm. whatnot gives you motivation or inspiration or whatever, whatever, you can use it as something. Yeah. I always think that if the people, that if you listen to me, you're an idiot. I like, and I don't mean, but like, I think you're being like too hard on yourself in that, oh, in that regard yeah. then, because like, again, going back to this whole thing where people have different stories and stuff like that, you're, you're, you're following your dream. You're chasing the frame again. Like you're chasing the, the, you're trying to get to that next level as a, 
actor, but you know things get in the yeah. way, which always happen. Yeah, and you know you're still you're that's your final goal. That's your and that's your be all end all in oh, that regard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not maybe there's other things that you want to do, but in the acting world, you yeah. want to be an actor. You know what I mean? And I think I think even though you say you know people don't want to listen to me, it's I think in a sense I'm saying I think a lot too, but my beliefs and opinions in this is that you're just a normal Joe. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're really not, no offense. I'm not going to say that. No, it's cool. You're not, you're a nobody in a, in a regard. I'm a nobody. You're a nobody. Anyone really. Oh, I don't take offense. Yeah. yeah. I'm, but if they know a nobody is following his dreams, Mm -hmm. you know, to be a somebody, then why can't they listen? You know what I mean? Then they're listening to that. And that gives, I feel like there's more motivation to follow their dreams as well. You know what I mean? No, I totally get it. And the cool thing is that being a nobody right now, is very good. Yeah, being being a nobody right now is very good. Mm-hmm. Just don't stay a nobody. Yeah, no, no, you don't want to be it, a nobody forever. You want to be a somebody one day. Right. But you're, you're, this is just a, a helpful place. Like it's just a pit stop. Uh, pit stop. Uh, yeah. What do you call it? A little stone on the way. Yeah. It's like what whatnot. But what I love is that um, one thing I really admire about you mm-hmm. that it's something I very much so value is that you're not you're not comfortable. Yeah, you're you're not complacent. You don't want to stay in the same place. Cause I always thought of this, of it like this. It's like if you got your um, what do you call it? If you're on the treadmill, yeah, you stop moving, you're going backwards. Oh yeah, you fall off. Right. Yeah. And I love that imagery that somebody once gave me. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I have to move forward, even if it's small, even yeah. if I, if it's a little bit, just don't fall off the back. Yeah. Just keep moving forward. And I have, this is where the narcissism comes out. Mm-hmm. I am very very confident. Very fully confident and know this for a fact that, what do you call it, that I'm going to get to a level mm-hmm. that it will be where, what do you call it, oh, isn't Kevin Feige, isn't Carlos Hernandez just like the, like the what do you call it, the, Kevin younger, Feige, yeah. the younger Kevin Feige? I don't think that's narcissism, I think that's dreaming, to I'm, be honest. And yo, like, some people count that as narcissism, yeah. uh, let's not, let's not uh, avoid that fact, but I don't see that anyone saying that shit. As narcissism, I see that as a dream. Right. Because you have the, again, you chase the dreams, you're chasing the frame. Yeah. You're chasing the frame, which is to get your dreams. There. I dig it. Boom. I dig it. No, yeah, like it's, um, what do you call it? Like, I love these three. I, I don't know if it's three. I'm just going to say three for mm-hmm. right now. But I love Kevin Smith. Yeah. I love what Kevin Smith does. Film was going great. Mm-hmm. It, it had its whole thing. But then he was like, you know what? I can talk a lot. I'm going to make my own podcast empire. Yep. Made his own podcast empire, but I also love to think that, what do you call it, that Seth Rogen and Kevin Smith uh, share. They make the films, put themselves in the films. Mm-hmm. I figure, I don't have to go through the rejection. <laughs> yeah, you can make the film and be in it too. <laughs> right, I can make the film, and be in it. You can have a small role, you don't have to be the yeah. lead. I don't, I don't want to be so presumptuous to think that I, uh, what do you call it, that I'm going to go ahead and I'm the best person yeah. for the role. I'm going to audition the crap out of that role, yeah. or I'm going to just give it to somebody that's well-equipped. But I will, I do want to put myself in it. Be the be the one guy that has small parts in every it's film. It's like the Stan, Stan Lee cameo. Yeah, not not that small. Yeah, but, but what do you call uh, it? Extended cameo. Yeah. Something. yeah. It's like, I would love to be that one guy that does uh, a small thing in everybody's movie. I well, don't care if it's just in my movies. Yeah. I want everybody's movies. Did you ever see like a Todd Phillips, like like The Hangover? You know he's in The Hangover? Yeah. You know you know he's in The Hangover, right? I did not know that. You know he's, you know that when they opened the elevator up and the guy's eating out the girl? 
Yeah. That's him with the afro. Really? And then he plays that same character in old school. So you see that character. I've only seen him in old school and I've seen him in Hangover. Mm-hmm. But in old school, when uh, Luke Wilson's wife, I think it is, um, you know, the doorbell rings and she's, yeah. you know, having sex with the other guy. And then the guy's like, I'm here for the orgy. You know? Yes. yes that's how yes. Phillips. It's like Leslie Mann, right? Yeah. That's the girl? Yeah. That's awesome. No, I think it's Juliet Lewis. Juliet Lewis? Is the wife of Luke o- Wilson in... Yeah. Um, she's a rocker now. She's been a rocker. Yeah. She's been a rocker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's always done that shit. It's right. like Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, back on Broadway. Oh, but we were off Broadway, but we were on Broadway. We know. were off Broadway. We were, then we we were on 42nd off, Street. Off, yeah. We were somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, where were we? Kind of remembering where we were. Uh, school, you know, classes, life happened. Acting. Kind of slowly getting back into it. Yeah. But now, uh, currently... What, still just working? Currently, like, just working nine to fives, making sure that my dad's business becomes a successful business. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now, ever since you reached out to me, I've been seriously thinking about, uh, what do you call it, opening up a podcast production studio type of thing. Because I have the space. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have... Thankfully, I'm. Uh, thankfully, I have enough uh, space for three podcasting rooms. Oh wow! So what in your house? In my house, wow. I have two independent sheds that not are not being used. Don't make any noise. I can fit it to make sure that it's per, it's perfect. Yeah. And you're one of many people I know that make podcasts. Yeah. And you started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That started a podcast. Uh, one dude that he already has a sports podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, another dude that I want him to start a conspiracy theory podcast. Okay. And he's really into it. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Like a, like a Mexican-American uh, Alex Jones. Okay. Mixed with a Sam Tripoli of the Tinfoil podcast. Oh, he's not, he's not Jesse Ventura? Uh, no. Oh, I love Jesse Ventura. I don't know. He's on RT America. <laughs> I don't know why we're speaking so low, but hey. Hey, but I dig it. I can hear it, so I'm guessing the listeners yeah, can hear yeah. it too. So you're just trying to be in the conspiracy theory voice. Right, right, right. Well, you don't want them to hear you. No. <laughs> they already hear us anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> what do you call it? And uh, yeah, like I want I want to be able to do that because it's something that I can be very involved in. Yeah. But the content creating machine are controlled by those folks. Yeah. And I want them to be successful. I want them to be successful. Mm-hmm. So if you, if they want to, to get on that path and get going and all that, I have the space. I will give the space for free. Oh, wow. Just go under, under what do you call it? The, the umbrella. Like, I don't know what your podcast studio is going to be called. I mean, do you have an idea? Yeah. Do you want to share it with us? I or? have a dog that she was my guardian angel mm-hmm. throughout my, my, my development okay. of my, you know, K through 12 development, yeah. even up to the the last years. That's 18 years of your life, basically. Yeah. That's a long time for a dog to be alive, to be honest. Yeah. Not, she, not I trying to sound mean. No, no. I think she was uh, alive for like 12 or 13. That's a really long time. She was my guardian angel when my guardian angels turned on me. Mm. That's how I see it. She was always there. She always loved me so mm. much to the point she thought she was my mom. <laughs> she would fight with my mom to to say, to what do you call it, to dictate who I could sit with and mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. Just the funniest dog in the world. Yeah. Had so much attitude, so much sass. I loved her so much, still love her so much. 
what do you call it? And her name was Cookie. Okay. And I hated that name, Cookie, because I was a fat kid. Mm-hmm. And if I told people that my dog's name was Cookie, yeah, they, I would be a laughing stock. That never happened because I always put my mean face. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, uh, but the name that I I thought of that I really and am seriously considering is a uh, Cookie Gang Productions. Okay, I like it because it has it has a certain flow and ring to it. Yeah. But what do you call it? I always say this. CGP. CGP. Cookie Gang Productions. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what do you call it? I have another dog. Her name was Craig. Mm. We call. She was huge pit bull mixed with like a, a greyhound or something. Yeah. I called her Baby Craig. Okay. But she was huge and she had a, a teeth that, that was just like barbed wire. And I would always play with her mm-hmm. and she would just, uh, what do you call it? Um, I taught her very young how not to bite people. <laughs> And this is a funny story. This is going off off Broadway <laughs> because as a baby, she mm-hmm. was like a s- small, small, like little thing. Yeah. Uh, so small that my dog is my other dog. Cookie was medium sized and she would walk under her legs. <laughs> That's how small she was. But then she grew so much that my that cookie would go under her legs. <laughs> very, very long, very skinny, yeah. lovely puppy. Unfortunately, she died to uh, to Parvo. Oh shit! And uh, there was not much we can do to save her. Yeah. But baby Craig, uh, I always thought that what do you call it? That if I had a uh, what do you call it? If Cookie Gang Productions was like Marvel was like Disney. Yeah. Then uh, what do you call it? Uh, ba- baby Craig Studios mm-hmm. would be uh, like Marvel. Okay. So like type of stuff or if or you, Nat Geo or like a like a Alphabet's the umbrella. The company under Alphabet is Google or yeah. YouTube, yeah. So yes, yeah, stuff like that, like, um, like uh, Low Pup Production, something like yeah. that. And uh, what would what would um? So then you're saying the podcast studio or the podcast productions would be Cookie Gang, right? I think or so. Is, it's it's all Greg? it's all tentative. It, uh, so it's like I obviously yeah. I haven't, I'm a mumbling idiot. I haven't figured it out yet. No, don't worry because this is going to be aired in like March or April. Okay. Um, I just blanked out on the day. I knew I know all my days, everyone. So like, this right. is either the end of March or the beginning of April or middle of April now. So right, we are in that time zone because everyone. I, like I say every podcast. <laughs> these are recorded in November, December right now, and yeah. we're releasing them in January and stuff like that. So Getting like ahead the, to the yeah, curve. Head of the curve, and we have constant content for everyone out there listening. Boom, and that's the way to do it. Is like yeah. just putting stuff out until what do you call it? Until it's like three years from now, yeah. and you're like, I'm getting enough traction. But if I if I punch out you know a little bit more, mm-hmm. get so much more traction, boom boom boom. Yep. I'm just talking, whatever. We're, we're off. We were off Broadway. Don't uh, worry. Off Broadway. Now we're gonna go back to Broadway. Right. What was on Broadway? You're you're talking about your podcast studio and how you call it Cookie Gang and yeah. or Baby Craig. You don't know yet which one. I I don't know yet, but I I'm thinking that right now something for sure is that I want Cookie Gang Productions mm-hmm. to be like the high, highest honor. Yeah. Because it's going to sound very stupid to a lot of people, and I totally acknowledge that, yeah. and I get it, but I have so much love yeah. for that sentient being mm-hmm. that I would probably go against my own father mm-hmm. to protect her. Wow. I And I have so much love for my dad, but I have no problem going up against the Latin Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. which many people in the streets called Spider-Man because he could do a lot of great things yeah. to keep that dog safe. Wow. I've boy oh boy I will knock a motherfucker out for wow. that puppy if she was still here mm-hmm. mm. 
and I would call her a puppy, and she was a 12-year-old dog <laughs> because she was always lighthearted and had so much love. I don't care if I had to go up against the Hulk himself. <laughs> I would go ahead and rip the, the metal out of the Wolverine's uh, bones and stab the fuck out of Hulk wow. in the neck just to save that puppy. Impressive. So for me, Cookie Gang Studios, Cookie mm-hmm. Gang Productions, yeah. would be the highest of honor. Well, I li- and I like that idea because a Cookie Gang, right? Mm-hmm. But the gang, you have name individual names. So Baby Craig is that under... Yeah. Then you have like that like Curious George is the other one. <laughs> Actually, to- we have another dog that her name is Lola and yeah. I think that's the stupidest name in the world. So I changed her name to uh, Tariq the Freak. Reek the freak. That could be Tariq. another. That could be another umbrella. Uh, yeah. Piece of the umbrella. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's like that. Tariq the Tariq, Tariq the, the freak. freak audio. Yeah. Will probably be the podcast. That, there you go. There you go. There you go. Tariq the freak. Just audio. got you. We got your brain simmering with ideas now. Hey, there you go. And there I love go. this. You get two creatives in a room. You start making stuff happen. Yeah. That's why I I, I am so grateful and am overjoyed just to be in your presence because. Yeah. One thing that you do for a lot of creatives is that you stimulate their uh, creative process, and you make you're them really grow. shining me on. I hate being shined on. Like hey, everyone, yo, everyone I, shouts me out in the like people when people say something about like oh it was great working with you. I'm like I don't want to be like everyone to think hey. that it's about me too. I just it's about my friends. <laughs> like, hey, I'm trying just, I'm trying to gas you up so much. Yeah, but I don't want to be gassed up. I that, hate being that, gassed up. That that f that that f is gonna be a double f. The f. Yeah, the full and empty. Oh, oh, okay. I'm gonna guess. You mean the E? I mean E, and then you want me F? Okay, that that would have worked too. Yeah. Okay. I hate I hate being gassed. I I want your second tank to be full as well. Okay. I want my fucking trailer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So you're gonna do that. You're thinking about you're thinking about doing that. That's awesome. So anything else you're thinking about doing or planning on doing in the next in this new year? In this new year, I have no plans. Mm -hmm. I'm open to everything and to all. Yeah. But uh, more than anything, I'm just focused on helping you right now. Yeah. With as much as I can, listening to those audio clips or whatnot, mm-hmm. making stuff happen. And uh, I think that is going to, what do you call it, help me be, have, uh, what do you call it, a hand uh, inside the, the creative realm. Mm-hmm. But still having to go ahead and create my business and helping my father's business yeah. and making sure that I have so I have money coming in. So I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. I can just go ahead, get my money right, build my foundation, patch that foundation up to the well, yeah. to, as well as I can, and then go ahead and then just uh, unleash creative force. Unleash the beast. Unleash the creative beast <laughs> <laughs> onto this world and make sure that I get to a point where I can do what Sandler does. Yeah, Have your own crew and... Build them up so much that they just by chance end up catapulting. Yeah. Catapulting you. And that's what I want to do. And I want to, what do you call it? Be like, oh, be the be the one Carlos Hernandez besides the boxer from some country, yeah. Colombia or whatnot. I want Carlos Hernandez to be, to be such a high name. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? That if my, like, here's my idea of success. Okay. Break it down to us. My ultimate idea of success is that, yeah, whatever, I do whatever I, I, first and foremost, I get to do what I want Mm -hmm. whenever I want. Yeah. You can't tell me what to do. I have, uh, what do you call it? I have, uh, but I have like my, uh, 
my people. Yeah. My counsel. Your inner circle. Yeah, my inner circle that I will build them up, they will build me up, and we love each other and create together, whatnot, mm-hmm. everything. But I won't know that I'm truly successful until I go into that my dad and I just got off of our jet. Mm-hmm. We go into wherever I need to go to from meeting to a set, whatnot, and they completely ignore me, but have a full cup of coffee with two sugars and a, a heavy dose of cream, <laughs> hot coffee, waiting for him and call him Mr. Hernandez. Okay. That's all I want. You can ignore me. Don't mm-hmm. treat me like a piece of shit. But you <laughs> but ignore you. You can ignore me. Let me what I, let me do what I'm gonna do mm-hmm. in the shadows. Whatever. Make everything. Make make sure everything's going well. But you will not ignore my father. Mm-hmm. And if you do, I will associate no business with you. Cookie Gang Productions will not associate <laughs> with you. Gotcha. And, and it's like you take care of the old man. Take care of the young man. We're good. Yeah, they give him a large coffee. They give you a small coffee. Hey, and you're like, what? I, uh, what? Low, low <laughs> cup of coffee. They actually give you no coffee. They're like, you, you can't have coffee. <laughs> I was like, not even green tea? No. I don't even like tea. What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's like, if they have a... Uh, because that's my dad. Yeah. Uh, you heard of the five love languages, right? Uh, I believe so. All right. But Garrett, if, if I don't know him, if I know him, even if I didn't know him, which I probably don't know him, yeah. just tell the, tell the audience. I don't think they know him either. Yeah. So Gary Chapman wrote this book called The Five Love Languages. Mm-hmm. And uh, forgive me if I don't know all of them, yeah. but I know that physical touch is one. Yeah. Acts of service is mm-hmm. one. Uh, words of affirmation. Okay. Um, gifts. Gifts. Is one. Okay. Uh, I don't know the, the you other. You don't know the fifth, but you know four of them. I know four of them. At least you know four out of five. But this is how, uh, what do you call it? One of the... One of the, uh, those five, yeah. that's how people, those are like languages that people, uh, that's how people know that they're being loved, how yeah. they, how loved is shown to them and for them to fully acknowledge it and understand what's going on and accept it wholly. Yeah. Like if you do acts of service for me, like you giving me your water bottle, yeah, that'll make me cry. That will I full, haven't seen any tears. Hey, I'm, I'm on camera. I can't cry. I got to keep my machismo. <laughs> but you're, you're an actor. Hey, I'm not I'm not acting right now. <laughs> I don't see no script. Uh, what do you got? Improv. <laughs> like, let it curb your enthusiasm. I'll improv. I'll do the, the, the Denzel. Yeah. The Denzel cry. The one tear. Yeah. And then suck it back up because I got to be a man. <laughs> <laughs> Toxic masculinity and all that. Life, hey. uh, what do you call it? Uh, my dad, acts of service is a huge one. Mm-hmm. So my dad determines uh, if somebody loves him, if if you're willing to make him a cup of coffee. So what if I don't own coffee? What if I like I had your dad over and I don't have coffee? Yeah, I mean, well, he won't expect it from you. Okay, if I give him water, would he be fine with that? He would be delighted. Okay, he would right. be delighted with anything. Phew. With anything, <laughs> you, if you don't even give him anything, yeah, he'll be okay as long as you go up to him and you're like, "Hello, Mr. Hernandez." Give him a handshake, acknowledge his presence. Give him a just give him a yeah. handshake and that's everything. But if like if you're in the family, yeah, uh, what do you call it? He'll ask you for, ask you for a cup of coffee. Yeah, if you don't, he knows you don't love him. Yeah, that's that's just how it rolls. Well, I hope he doesn't ask me when I when I like see him if I ever saw him. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have coffee. Right. I got curry cups that aren't mine. But I got water. Is that cool? <laughs> I'll bring you a cup of coffee and yeah. you're like, give it to him. Give it to him. Here. <laughs> uh, but that's just how my dad determines yeah. love. And uh, what do you call it? And one thing that I want 
to for him to know and for my mom to know because I already have a plan that for mo- my mom, mm-hmm. I'm going to buy her a beach house in Guatemala because okay. that's where home is mm-hmm. and that's where she wants to be. And my mom is more of a fortress of solitude type of person. Okay. She likes to be by herself, but she also likes to know that she's loved. Yeah. So her kids will hang around and all that stuff and we'll, her grandkids and all this stuff. And, uh, but for my dad, everywhere I go, a cup of coffee should be, should be available and yep. it will be available. Or if not, it's okay. Yeah. We'll just take our business elsewhere. We'll take our love and support and everything elsewhere, which is cool. But there better be a cup of coffee from my dad when I'm at my pinnacle. Yeah. And that's what that's my idea of success. Okay, I like that. And it's such a it's small, different. It's different too. It's such a small thing. Yeah. What do you call it? That what do you call it that I love that it's so small it's act a, of kindness? Small act of kindness. And for most people it won't even register mm-hmm. on the radar. But if we walk into a what do you call it? Into a room. Yeah. Into a place. Uh, what do you call it? Just the simple act of asking him if he wants a coffee or not. Yeah. Or letting him know we have we have coffee right there. Yeah. We have black. We have creamer. Okay. We have tea. What would you like? We have prune juice. Yeah. <laughs> we got a uh, cranberry juice. No, no cranberry cream. juice. We got a caramel frappuccino, wappuccino type yeah. of thing. We have a special espresso machine. It's like it's just it's just called Carlos and yeah. it's that <laughs> machine right there. It's like because it's just for you. Because I was actually worried because like what if. What if, like, we're having a meeting? Yeah. I don't know your coffee, what you, how you like your coffee. I don't know how your dad likes your coffee either. And, like, I'm like, here's two coffees for you guys, but you have to get the cream and sugar by yourself. No, dude, you, here's... <laughs> like, I was well, like, <laughs> would he hate me then? Would he love me then? Like, <laughs> No, no. With the thing with my dad is he does yeah. not expect anything from anybody. Yeah. But what he called it, just the simple... I don't care it, if says, it was coffee that was thrown on the floor, but just the fact and that... And mop pack up and put and, in the cup. And put into the cup. Just the fact that I know... That it's a gift from your heart yeah. to me or to him yeah, yeah, is enough. All right. It's enough. It's an act of kindness. Okay. It's All a, right. It's an act of service Yeah, because I can get my own coffee, but you're well, doing yeah. it for me. And that's how I also register love. Mm-hmm. And what do you call it? Uh, I like physical touch as well. Yeah. Where it's like... Um, Everyone, we hugged. We hugged when they saw each we, other. We hugged. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like, hey, I need to, I need to, I need to make sure that yeah. that I that you know that I love you. Yeah. And like that, we're still homies. And then I'm here because I, what do you call it? That I am grateful that yeah. you even thought of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how I kind of register thing. I think words of affirmation are stupid as hell. Yeah. But I know that for like another friend of mine, he needs to hear words of affirmation, mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, Cody. How's it? How, how's uh, how's it being the best? Yeah. Or or something that he really likes to do is that he'll he knows that people won't gas him up, so he gasses himself up. Okay. And he'll and I'm the first person that answered the way I did. Yeah. And uh, he he asked. Uh, <laughs> Does he speak in the third person also? Huh? Does he speak in the third person? No. Okay, I just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> he he asks, um, what do you call it? Hey, Carlos. Um, you ever just walk past a mirror at a store, catch your reflection, and just think, man, why do I look so good? <laughs> or, man, these poor females, oh they don't God. stand a chance. And, now, and what's funny is that he's used to people laughing and yeah. all this stuff. And then without without missing a beat, I knew exactly what he was doing in that half a second whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked straight at him and with a straight face and I was like, Every day. 
Very nice. <laughs> and then we just became best friends right after that. So, but he loves words of affirmation. I'm mm. like, hey, Cody, you're the best. Blah blah yeah. blah. And like, I, it's a real drag for me to yeah. have to do, or for me to do or whatnot. It's not like I have to do it, but what do you call it? See, that's where the mindset and the growth comes mm-hmm. into it. Because I'm trying to grow to the point where it's like, oh no, it's a privilege. Yeah, it's a privilege to give them these words of affirmation. Gotcha. Um, but right now, I'm not there yet. Still working on it. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, those uh, five love languages, they're 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 very necessary. Mm-hmm. Like one thing after high school, I noticed that I had no social skills. Mm. So I would go and I would just watch this TV show called Lie to Me. Where it's uh it's oh yeah I've heard of it right okay so it was just body language and yeah. multi uh what it was micro expressions and yeah. all that stuff and I was like people are not gonna give me a straight answer so you know what I'll do I'll read their body because their body will never lie yeah so even when they're lying to me I'll see that little things mm-hmm. where it's like if you're angry like my one of my favorite ones no matter what culture you are whether whether you're an indigenous population mm-hmm. that no one has ever seen before. Uh, we all do this thing that it's uh, that what do you call it? That if you don't like somebody, or if what do you call it? If you really don't like somebody, scrunch your nose for like one thirteenth of a second. You do that whole thing, just scrunch yeah. your nose just a little bit, and that means you're angry and something's bothering you. Yeah. But the way that works is that you got to piece, you got to have two to three signals, put them together, and ultimately estimate that person is angry. Oh my God. What if my nose was actually itchy at that one time? Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> no, there's actually been stories about yeah. it where this woman, she's uh, she's the master. She has a book called Captivate, the science of people. Her name is Vanessa Van Edwards. Okay. The dopest cat on the world because she was so antisocial that she went ahead and just started studying people oh, wow. to the point where she has her own business called the science of people. Which she was, I caught her courses on Creative Live. Okay. And learned so much. It was phenomenal. But there was this thing where one of her main, her inner circle employees Mm -hmm. uh, went in for an interview. And uh, what do you call it? She noticed that she was getting all these signals, these micro expressions saying that she's uncomfortable, that she's contemptuous, that Mm -hmm. she's angry, that something's just not right. Yeah. So... Everything the woman was telling her was A plus, yeah. A one sauce all the way. So she just thought, you know what? I'm gonna bring this woman back in a couple weeks. Yeah, interview her, see what's going on, mm. and uh, and what do you call it? And she's uh, and in the next interview, she asks, "Hey, I noticed that. Like, did I say something wrong, or was mm-hmm. there something going on that day that just just wasn't jiving with you? Like, was this was anything going on that I did that?" Yeah. Messed with your experience, she said. No, actually, that day I I uh, was trying to look professional, and I wore shoes that were a size too small, <laughs> and I thought it wasn't going to be a problem. But uh, what do you call it? During the interview, I just couldn't stop fidgeting with my feet and my, yeah. and I was getting like sores and stuff during the interview. Yeah, because it was also in New York, and she had to walk there yeah, and yeah. everything. Hopefully, she wasn't hearing, wearing heels. Yeah, so it might have been heels yeah. as well because it was an interview. And then she was like, oh, because now in the second interview, when they got to talk and know each other a little bit mm-hmm. more, everything was clear. Yeah. Everything like A1 sauce and everything that she was saying, the signals were perfect. Like she wanted this opportunity and it was that she was actually uh, 
showing that she was happy and grateful and mm-hmm. everything. So she was like, this is a completely different thing yeah. going on here. Oh, shit. So she figured out what was going on. It was the shoes. And then she was like, oh, great, because I thought I did something that offended you. Yeah. And she was like, not at all. <laughs> and now this woman's been working there for like 10 years or maybe 5, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And one of the, like the top employees over there that helps her get guests and produce her YouTube videos and what you call it, get on creative live and yeah. everything. Oh shit. That's awesome. So I just taught myself social skills to the point where I can be a semblance of charismatic, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, like yeah. I think it's, it's a big contributor to me currently being a nobody mm-hmm. and becoming a great success because a lot of things that people don't tell you in this world is that, you need the ability to be social and charismatic and charismatic. Especially is, in this market or not market, but in this industry. Absolutely. Like charisma is, is a big factor. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is that I learned that charisma is something you can learn. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you're born with. The rock didn't just, you know, become the most electrifying man in sports entertainment and then become the most highest paid actor just by being himself. No, no, he taught himself. He had charisma built upon that charisma, learn the game. Uh, what do you, what is that called? Um, learn the game, mm-hmm. elevated it and is doing the game better than every other person. And we aren't talking industry. about Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not Triple H. <laughs> well, it was time to play the game when you talked about it, so. But That's true. Here's, a, here's a question for you. One of my final questions, one of my last two questions. Yeah. So I guess it's the penultimate question, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and sorry for being off, off, off Broadway. It's it's fine, because you know what? It it had meaning to it as well. So you it wasn't like a, Random ass tangent, which half the show is too also. <laughs> but um, what I was going to ask you is, being part of the film community, kind of being in and out of it yeah. in the last uh, four years, yeah. say, or, give or take, what have you seen, like, is, has, it, has, it in, has it been better, worse, staying the same? What have you seen? I think what? it has been the same mm-hmm. uh, in the fact that we're completely ununified. Yeah. We there's a film office, yes, but how often does the film office uh, talk to everybody else in the community? Yeah. How often do you uh, what do you call it? Do they associate with the schools? Yeah. In order to grow the talent and and be able to you know get involved and actually add some real world experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, granted, the the film office is just an office. It's you know it doesn't do a, a everything or all things film in Vegas. Or in the tri-state area, but uh, I don't known- think there's a tri-state area. To be honest, this isn't the East Coast. No, no. I think I think the tri-state area is when it fits out against the coast. Yeah, I think I don't know if this is a tri-state area. There's, like, there's like four fucking states around this place. Yo, I've been I've been gassing this kid up all day, and he just blasted me like that. Yo, I'm gonna I'm just gonna be honest with you, dude. Yo. Bro, I'm I not making you try to sound like an idiot, okay? <laughs> no, I love, no, thank <laughs> like, you for on. calling Utah, me out. Utah, Utah's around here, New Mexico's around here, right? Arizona, Tri County, Tri County, is that county? Yeah, I think that's Tri County. The Tri, the Tri, the or the one big county that has like a shit ton of schools in it. Shout out to Clark, Clark County School District. You know what it is, dog? <laughs> <laughs> Got all my education there. <laughs> not me, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. The, I've noticed that the film community is mm-hmm. very not is yeah. not unified whatsoever, and not only that, but they a lot of people think that they're uh, they're hot stuff. Yeah, when they're really not. Yeah, that's a that's a common occurrence I've been hearing. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. 
Yeah, it's every a lot of people think that they're hot stuff as opposed to uh, embracing the humility aspect of yeah. actually being a person, a part of the community, noticing that there is no queen, mm-hmm. but we're all working ants, mm-hmm. trying to help each other and trying to grow each other. And uh, what do you call I think something that the community could benefit out of mm-hmm. is if you have a film project, don't stick with the same people. Uh, yeah. that you're that you're working with agree it's like just let all communities just mix and meld or if you do want like let's say you do want a john demarco to be your dp make him bring somebody else yeah bring somebody with him a different assistant mm-hmm. like uh what's this dude's name uh danny boy it's our banana boy on instagram uh his name is danny i think mm-hmm. um that this dude, he's uh, he's good with camera work. Works under another dude um, that he's just learning from. Mm-hmm. Christopher, something. He's like he's like half Asian, half Filipino dude. Okay, something like that. Uh, awesome at what he does. But it's like you just bring in another random person. Boom, boom, boom. And then slowly it grows. Yeah, and be willing to teach more than anything. Like people were gracious enough. To teach me without noticing it, mm-hmm. I had to have a little bit of finesse because yeah. nobody really wanted to outright teach me everything I needed to know. That's why they didn't know they were my mentors. Yeah, I just surprise, pick, surprise, surprise. I just pick stuff up. Yeah, and you I listen. fail a lot. Yeah, well, yeah. you fail if you fail. What's that phrase or saying? There's a like if you fail often, you'll you won't fail later or something like that. Yeah, or fail early, you won't fail. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. not the right phrase, but so, you know, it's like. Pick yourself up when you fail. Pick yourself up. Pick yourself up when you fail. Anyway, yeah, it's gotta do. It's like sometimes you live and sometimes you learn. Yeah, and you just keep moving forward. And uh, what do you call it? I can't say too much mm-hmm. about the film community just because I'm not. Uh, yeah, no, I understand. I just want to know what your pain points are from what you experienced. And I mean, I know it's probably changed within a few years, but at the yeah. same time, in reality, from what you've said yeah. and what other people said, it really hasn't in that yeah. regard. Mm. Yeah, it's a. Uh, and uh, what do you call it? Oh, a good thing that a lot of people people will benefit mm-hmm. uh, from this community and most communities yeah. is accountability, mm. extreme ownership. Yeah, all the, those two things are very important. Yeah. Important if you're gonna say something, follow through, or at least follow through with telling people funding fell through. Yeah, or what do you call it? Just be honest. You mean? Yes, be honest, be open, open. and uh, and what do you call it? Like let's say let's say I was. Due to be on set, mm-hmm. uh, what do you call it, as a sound person, and I tell you last minute, it's not going to happen. Yeah. That's not cool. Yeah, no, no. That's, that's hardcore accountability, and you should take extreme ownership. Unless, like, something, family emergency, but... If you got hit by a car on the way to set, yeah. that's acceptable. Yeah. If you woke up too late, that is not acceptable. Oh, yeah, that's understandable. And, like, you woke up too late, and you're like, you know what? It's six right now. I already missed three hours worth of production. I don't want to go over there. Well, hopefully that person's fucking calling you, like, a million times to get your ass over there. So better, but sometimes people don't. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you're supposed to be somewhere, and people are like, you know what? Let this dude mess up so hard, so then when he comes here, I can just throw it in his face, and that's not a perfect attitude. No, that's not a perfect attitude at all. That's not even a good, like, environment to be in, then. You shouldn't be in that environment in general. And, um, yeah, that's terrible. And a lot of environments aren't the most hospitable, but something I do love about this community, mm-hmm. or at least the film industry and, yeah. and as a whole, nobody's going to hire an asshole. Well, that's true. Because nobody wants to spend 12 to 24 hours on set with an asshole. That, yeah. 
And what do you call it? And the cool thing is that it works like Survivor Island. Yeah. It's like if that dude is having a shitty attitude and making sure that everyone else is having a bad attitude, yeah. you're going to get X off the island and excommunicado. Yeah. That probably happened to me. <laughs> hey, sometimes it happens. Yeah. No, whatever. If you get excommunicado, you go ahead, build your own community, build it up, mm-hmm. and then be so good that they can't ignore you anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, but also you don't want. In, in oh, I forgot the fucking word that you used. I guess um, when you stayed inside yourself, mm, I, I just going, blanked it. Going in uh, when you're being so insular. I guess that's the correct phrase. Insulated. Yeah, insulated. So, or what was it? Agoraphobic. Agoraphobic. Yeah, yeah you don't want to be an agoraphobic in your own community though, because you no. want you want to. The thing is too, like, like I've no, I don't know. Let me ask you this: People have said on the podcast previous that there's like it feels like high school cliques. Yeah, definitely. So, like, you don't want to be agoraphobic to that, because then you're then you're kind of making yourself a click. Then no, if when, you're, yeah, it's like uh, you want to be kind of like open to everything. You though. you want to be open to everybody, everyone yeah. that'll have you, yeah. uh, associate with them, and mm-hmm. just ha- try to hang around. Like, uh, what do you call it? You don't want to go ahead and build your own production studio, right? Yeah, build it to a good degree, but then not feed the community that that raised yeah. you. True. Yeah. Uh, here's another question for you. Here's the last, another, not really the penultimate. It wasn't the penultimate because I thought some other side questions we'll see too. How it goes. Um, we talked about this earlier for a hot second because I mentioned it, but like a lot of projects, have you seen, you've done a project, like the woman, no offense to the woman that you did, but she changed her mind and last minute the project scrapped. Have you seen a lot of projects where it's like, hey, we're going to film something, then you never hear about that project ever again? Oh, that's like almost every project. Yeah. That's like, um, what do you call it? For in my honest opinion, it feels like almost every project is like that. In this community, like, have you seen? I mean, I don't know. If you don't know other communities. I wonder what that's like as well. I because I'm going to ask other people in other communities as well when I get them on the podcast because right. I'm kind of curious about what that that community is like as well. But just in your experience of this community, you've seen it a lot. Yeah, no, I've seen it. I've seen it a whole bunch where I go ahead and uh, I have to go ahead and bombard people mm-hmm. via email, yeah. via calling them, via texting. Just like as an actor, getting back my footage. Yeah. Because it's like you may record you may record me, put me in your movie and all that, but you better give yeah, me my, my copy. footage. Yeah. Right. Always give them that's due respect. Yeah. Um giving uh what do you call it? Forgot where I was going. But uh Yeah. I just the respect of having that footage and seeing it, because you want to see something of your project being made. Yeah. And I mean, I think the issue is everyone's trying to get the money and trying to be in film festivals and yada, yada, yada. But there's a bunch of fucking film festivals and anyone can get an award nowadays, I feel like, in yeah. a film festival because there's like, what, 100 film festivals. And I'm not trying to like put film festivals down. I'm just saying like, it sucks that you can go into a film festival but you can't release the film on like YouTube and shit like that. I mean, yeah. I get Or at it. least like a Google Drive link. Yeah, just so- something so people can see it because like, I want. I just want to see what I did because yeah. I want to remember what I did. I want to like right. say, "Oh shit, I remember this" because it brings back memories and you can talk about it to friends and family yeah. and show people. Like, because you know what? Like, if you because you, you want to have a support system as well too. Like, where yeah. your friends want to be proud of you, your parents want to be proud of you. And go look what I did, but you can't show that to anyone because it's like, oh, I don't have the footage. I don't see it, and like, oh, I don't know what happened to the project. Right. So and, and it's and it's just uh, what do you call it? That that part is just. Um, Baffling because even when I was a newcomer in school or mm-hmm. very, very like as yeah. green as the Hulk, what do you call it? I went ahead and I shot my own short. Yeah. At, on their last day, 
uh, what, no, not on their last day. What do you call it? A couple weeks after their last day, I kept in constant communication with mm-hmm. them. And I went ahead and I told them, hey, I'm sorry. I'm editing and I'm trying to get this done. Yeah. But in a month's time, I'm going to get it to you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to you in hard copy and I'm going to get give it to you in digital copy. Yeah. And I gave them to both my actors, to all my production crew, and mm-hmm. made sure that, because at the end of the day, it's a memory. Yeah. It's a, like you said, Definitely. it's it's a memory for them. Um, and whether you're proud of it or not, it's it something does, to have. Yeah, yeah. It do, it doesn't matter. It's a, what do you call it? Your your feelings. If you're the one that's setting it up or doing the whole thing, your feelings don't matter because yeah. right now you're the leader of a clan. You're the leader of a of a tribe. Yeah. And right now, you, your best, um, their best interest, or I forget the phrasing, but what you're supposed to do is go ahead and make sure you're doing right by everybody. Yeah. And just like everything in the business world, in the film world, in the fashion world, everything, every everything rises and falls on leadership. Yeah. And I think we more need more leaders in this in this uh, community. Mm-hmm. Like you're a phenomenal you're a phenomenal leader. Um, and what do you call it? I've had a few phenomenal leaders, mm-hmm. but sometimes people have this uh, this hiccup or this what do you call it? Chip on their shoulder that oh I can't let them I can't uh, have them or I can't let them see me slipping. I can't let them uh, yeah. see me sweat or whatnot. But no, they, uh, what do you call it? Everyone on your set, everyone that's part of your crew, everyone that sees you from a one mile distance mm-hmm. knows your flaws. Yeah. The only thing is you have to let your flaws be known because then those people will go ahead and say, oh, glad. I'm glad they know. Yeah. I'm glad they know. So we don't have to worry about that. And we can actually talk about this. Because mm-hmm. on a set, what do you call it? I can get a little angry. Yeah. I can, I'm, I'm a very rageful person and I try to go in my Zen mode, but if I don't have a John DeMarco to be like, Hey dude, you need to, you need to take a break. Yeah. You need to go take a 15 minute shit or something. Yeah. You need to calm down. Don't say calm down, but do you need a breath? Yeah. Because I can see that your shoulders are up to your ears. Mm-hmm. Take a breather. Being too angry. Yeah. That person takes it, comes back positive, Morale is high. Give them more than a chicken wing. They be chilling. Yeah. <laughs> Man. I see those feelings. <laughs> Dude, that just bring me back that day. Like, no, like, no offense, but we, into, I guess we can openly talk about that real quick. But right. like, I mean, Zapco, God bless him for running a set like that. And yeah. I mean, seriously, I mean, that's tough in general too. Right. But like, you know, it just sucked that the extras ate all our food. <laughs> I mean, the extras were in the green room. They weren't even in the room. They're in the room we we're going to film too. Right, but, right. You know, other than that, I mean, that and we didn't get any food. It's a long day. I was, I think, I was hangry by that time. Right. So. Three hundred chicken wings, three hundred ribs, whatever the hell it was. They it was all like, ate them, and then we got left one. Yeah, and, then, and it was cold, and like what? I was like, John, you want it? And it was like, hello. I think I had it. It felt like it's cold. No, no, you. Yeah, I know you were. You're like, screw that thing, and I yeah. was like. Well, I'm just not gonna eat it too because yeah. he's on. He's like, I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get something on the way. A four dollar yeah. burger combo yeah. or something. Yeah, Carlos. The last question for you is: What is that film or thing that can break the glass for the Las Vegas film community to get to that next level? Because like, a, uh, like you know, Scorsese. You think of New York. Yeah. You know, Damien Chazelle. La La, if you think of La, La Land, you think of L.A. You think of Link, when you think of Link Letter. You know, yeah. you think of Texas. And you think of certain directors, you think of certain... Right. Slacker, for no. Linklater, and... Uh, yeah. Fat, 
Days and Confused. Days and Confused, yes. Even Boyhood takes place in Texas. Right. So, like, you, when you think of certain directors or certain actor or, yeah, certain actors, maybe two, you know, certain states are what you think. But even if you say Breaking Bad, you think of New Mexico. Right. You know, what can bring it to where, you know, we make a movie where it's not very, like, party or horror, like, boobs horror. You know what I mean? Yeah. What can bring us over that? What do you think can bring us over that level? To that level? Um... Just one schmuck's opinion. Mm-hmm. I would uh, think we have to uh, own our image. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? Uh, wh- whether that be the image be the party capital, mm-hmm. or that would be mafioso, mm-hmm. or maybe set up a new image. But also, I think uh, do take uh, gleam a little uh, a little uh, an uh, an example yeah. from like the Olympics, right? Mm-hmm. They have their their. What do you call it? They're contenders. They champion their champions in order to be a contender uh, in the in the greater Olympic world, right? Yeah. I think we should do the same. Pick a couple as a community. Find which is a few of the of those people. Like let's say Justin Mousen, right? Yeah. He's done a great job of just going out on his own, Mm -hmm. working for ESPN or whomever he works for, and then just doing his own projects and making them happen and this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. If we as a community went ahead and uh, saw a director's vision or saw a DP's vision or saw somebody's vision and decided to champion that vision, so then that can that that could be the one uh, the one bullet that penetrates the glass yeah. and brings the whole ceiling down. Mm-hmm. That would be the most beneficial. And from there, we can go ahead and build upon that momentum that's already been set, championing other uh, creators to just move and groove and make yeah. everything happen. Um, like I said, just one schmuck's opinion, but I think that that would be the most beneficial. Find our champions. Uh, Put all our all our uh, time and our resources behind said champions, mm-hmm. but also the other contributing factors to to whether we succeed and we grow like how we thought we were going to, and we there's some that believe we are going to, yeah. is to go ahead and take these little tidbits. Everything falls and rises on leadership. Mm-hmm. Unification is key and unification goes ahead and leads back to leadership. Yeah. And not only that, but just gleam off of an old school dude like Dale Carnegie, right? Mm-hmm. He goes ahead and live. Uh, how do Think and grow rich. Think and grow. No, that's a uh, Napoleon Hill. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but, of, yeah, my bad. No, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Uh, both old white dudes that have knowledge in their own right. Mm. But uh, what do you call it? Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. Yes, right? that's the one I'm thinking of. Sorry. The standard that should be put in the American school system yeah. as, a, as a textbook. But it's never criticize, condemn, and complain. Yeah. I think if that's the last, the, the last little tidbit that you can kind of... Uh, some semblance of half iota of, mm. of wisdom or knowledge that one schmuck has is... Never criticize, condemn, and complain. And that is the best possible way for us to move forward and for us to grow as a community. Yeah. Because if we can stop criticizing each other and start helping each other, then we will grow. If yeah. we stop um, condemning each other, it's like, oh, that dude's a piece of crap. 
because he's not doing this, he doesn't treat his people right. It's all right. If he doesn't treat his people right, phase him out of the community. Yeah. And then go ahead and give power, give love and your resources and everything to the dude that does that is maybe well known starting out this, then the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't complain mm. because complaining well, just, shit. <laughs> just brings everything down. That's true. Like, and I, I, well, I, I complain, though. I, I admit to it. Yeah, but you. But the thing is, is that your your productivity and your efficiency and the amount of love that you put out there mm-hmm. far outweighs the amount that you complain. Yeah. You may talk some shit. You may th- think about... I'm just being honest about it. <laughs> <laughs> you may, you may uh, what do you call it, see like, oh, I, I like that dude, but he's not doing things right. She's doing yeah. great, but she's not doing things right. You make your thoughts known. But what do you call it? As soon as, what do you call it? Your thoughts are addressed, you let it go. Yeah. And you move forward. Yeah. And that train that is the DeMarco train moves forward in a big, bad way and then make sure the whole production goes to the best of the ability because I think your ultimate goal is to make other people look good and make yeah. sure that the story and the picture are being uh, done well by. Yeah. You're, you you oh, yeah. you recognize that you're an advocate for the film. And I mean and that last part you should, wasn't really directed to me. I was just saying in general but yeah, uh, yeah just so people will clarify that too. So like it's it's, it's all about you right now. I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like it's, it, the yous were directed to yous in the community. Yeah. Not to me and speaking to me. It right. was, <laughs> it was right, right, right. Just to make sure I don't want to be like oh that that asshole. You know? <laughs> so, just to clarify No, with that. yeah, no. Uh what do you call it? But it's like if you if you basically go ahead and take a, a principle from 1925, 1920, yeah, and go ahead and apply it to now, which is huge. not yeah. that yeah, it's huge, but it's not well known. It's like common sense is not common these yeah. days. So it's like if you take that little piece of knowledge, apply it to your everyday life or to just the film the the film production that you're on or film pre production mm-hmm. that you're on, you will skyrocket so much. That you will go far in a big bad way, and nobody will know where you came from and how to stop you. Yeah, right. You're definitely right there. <laughs> make make a hell of a point. <laughs> so, uh, Carlos, any other last tidbits you want to give the people? Any nuggets? Any any last savoring words for the people? Even though I don't know who you are, mm-hmm. and not you, John DeMarco. Even though I don't know who you are, and uh, you acknowledge me as a nobody. Know that I will be a somebody, and so will you as long as you put in the work and fall in love with the work. Because if you follow anything that's going to produce the results that mm-hmm. you want, it will be the 14th round of Rocky for the next X amount of years where you're getting the shit kicked out of you over and over and over again. You're on the canvas, and then Apollo Creed's on the other side with his hands up, celebrating because he just whooped you. But if you choose to get back up, stand and put your, your fist back up, and tell, tell, the, tell your homie, tell your head coach to slice open your eye. Cut me, Mick. <laughs> Cut me. Cut me, Mick. Yeah. To just so you can see for that much longer, you will succeed. It's not about if, it's a it's a matter about when. Yeah. And when determines on the amount of work that you're willing to do, the, what do you call it, the amount of uh, jabs to the jaw you can take, mm. and you just the fact that you moving forward and having a positive attitude on the ride, because at the end of the day, only you will be your own advocate. Yeah. No one. This this world 
man, this is funny. Goes back to my dad. My dad used to work for this dude named David Bashara. He is an Israeli dude, Jew through and through. Successful businessman in terms of carpet and tile and vinyl. Mm-hmm. And basically built an empire. And uh, what do you call it? My dad saw that he was 45, 50 something and asked, why don't you have a wife? Why don't you have a life, a wife that you can just shower and love and everything and just be your main focus? And uh, he said, uh, this country is built only for dogs and for women. And uh, and it, to me, it's like you can interpret as as you as however you way you want it, but mm-hmm. that to me that just means, oh, I, for me as a young age, I accept it. If that's a if that's a, a reality where you can go ahead and accept for me at that time, it didn't really translate like that because I was like nine years old. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it translated. Oh, if it's for the puppies and it's for the women because they're supposed to be taken care of, and and that's just what you shall do. Uh, should be. Uh, morally right as a as a man and whatnot like you know machismo man and you got to take care of your people and all that if those are the two only two uh subjects that are acknowledged then that means you gotta you gotta work harder yeah you gotta work stronger harder i don't even know how that fits i probably just turned it all the way downwards um but work hard work stronger Love as many people as you can on the way mm-hmm. because maybe one day that one schmuck that you went ahead and, and gave a little bit of love to at your deepest, darkest moments will raise you up just like Mel Gibson did for Robert Downey Jr. And Robert Downey Jr. is now Iron Man. Oh, nicely full circles. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what are your social medias then? I think you, you really hit that. You you hit that button. Boop. <laughs> My social media. Oh, man. If you'd like I, to give that out, what Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, I don't know what you do. I do Instagram because I love Instagram, and I honestly only think that's the only one right now. Um, and maybe I'm a little bit old-timey, but that matters. Yeah. Because it, it, it delves in all the areas that we excel in, which is picture, audio. And, yeah, there could be, uh, what do you call it? An argument for TikTok, but I think if you're if you're on TikTok, you're a TikTok yourself. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think, don't like TikTok. I mentioned that on the show before. <laughs> I, I think I think that just that just tells me so much about you as yeah. a, as a person. If you did TikTok, I didn't like Vine either, so that's why I don't like TikTok. It's the same thing, same hey, principles to me. But stars came out of it like King Batch. Yeah, but also now that all those stars are gone, or or irrelevant, they've all sunk in. I think they've all like there's only a handful that still just survived. A, just a handful. I would yeah. say King Batch and. Uh, and what's her name? Brittany uh, Furland? Is even, she? I think of Logan Paul and Jake Paul. The Paul oh, brothers came out of Vine, I believe, too. I did not know that. So, yeah. right, so what's that social? That what's that social. Inf- what's that gram? That, that social, that gram, if it'll work for me. Oh, okay, it's, uh, what do you call it? It's Carlos Hernandez. Okay. But the, ac- the, the A. Just spell it out for us. C-X-R-L-O-S-H-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z. Carlos with an X as opposed to an A. Okay. No underscores, just all one word. Just just one word. Carlos Hernandez with an X as opposed to an A in the first name. Okay. Thank you, Carlos Hernandez. Thank you so much, John DeMarco. So thank you, Carlos. And thank you guys for listening to the podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. One of those works for me and will hopefully work for you. And then... 
Also, remember we have that Patreon page that we said in the beginning of the show. If you're in the lowest tier, you're getting the podcast three days before it airs. If you're on that middle one, you get it five days. And if you're on that top tier one, you're getting the podcast a week early. So you get to listen to next week's podcast today as well. And then on top of that, too, on that top tier, you're going to get early access to the video podcast now. So that's a plus. I just want to throw that detail in there. I know I started throwing those video podcasts out a little bit earlier, but I just wanted to tell you as well that we will be now implementing um, the high-tier podcast for Patreon, I mean, or the high-tier on Patreon for the video podcast as well, so you get those a little earlier. So I want to thank you guys again for listening. Remember, uh, I can't do this without you, and I want to thank also the people that don't pledge as well. Thank you for just listening, uh, giving your time to listen to us. And again, guys... You know, I love you guys. Thank you for supporting. And remember, you're my hashtag frame chasers. That is our slogan, our hashtag we're using, hashtag frame chasers. And again, guys, I mentioned, I think, two weeks ago about shirts, and I'm still debating on that. So hashtag frame chasers is definitely going to be the shirt of choice. I just don't know the color and all that good stuff. Again, have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. Have a great year. I'll catch you guys next Wednesday on Chasing the Frame. Thank you again, Carlos. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. Bye.